Blog Talk Radio. I'm Stephen Benoon, and you're watching the Noon Institute of Biblical Research. I've got a message from Brother Kellen, uh, who is the uh, editor of the David Starr magazine online. And Brother Kellen sent me a link to a particular upcoming uh, conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Now, this particular conference, though, is very much alarming. Uh, it is actually, uh, let's see what it's actually called. If you, if you look at the uh, website, it's www.john17movement.com. And what the conference is about is about, uh, says, Jesus revealed to us that the heart of the Father in John 17, 23, Father, may they be one in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. That's the movement that they have going on. Uh, this conference that's, that's being scheduled is in Phoenix uh, Convention Center in the West Ballroom uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And there is a number of uh, world-renowned speakers there. Uh, Medio Khaleesi, I don't know who that is myself, Giovanni, uh, Tratino, Bishop Olmestead, Rosa Ella Cruz, Mun, uh, forget it, I can't even say that name, so, Gary uh, Kenaman, uh, Harriet Hill, Joe uh, Tosini, Susie uh, uh, Kranetz, as some of the speakers that they have on there. And what they say on there, they're featuring a special message exclusively for this Unity event from Pope Francis. Now, if you watch the, the, uh, the video here that they have about it, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's very well put together. It's called the Celebration of Christianity Unity on May 23rd in Phoenix, Arizona from the John 17 movement. It is spearheaded to bring together all the different denominational Christians from around the world joining back up with the Catholic Church. Of course, Brother Kellen also sent me another article there where the Pope says the devil is the one that is trying to bring the division uh, between uh, the Protestants and the Catholic Church. It's not really the devil. It's certainly it is God. But uh, I wanted to share with you something a little unusual for you here. Uh, as you guys know, we are a biblical institute of research. We research all kinds of uh, documents that we can get our hands on. And a little while back, we really began to examine Matthew 24. Uh, we examined it from both the King James Version of the book of Matthew there, that's translated from the Greek language, and we also looked at it from the Matthew's Hebrew Gospel, which kind of gives us a little bit more uh, different view on that. Very interesting to say the least, but again... As I've said before, and I'll point out, we know that uh, the Hebrew Matthew is not, was not canonized in there, but it does seem to be a little bit more authentic. And then, of course, once again, there is the Essene Gospels. Now, I had never myself read the Essene Gospels on, on the part of Matthew 24. And we might have to say, we have to, or we have to at least go back and realize, too, it was not canonized. Uh, back in uh, 300 A.D. Or, or a little bit after that, when they first put the Bible together, when the Catholic Church first came into being, uh, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Of course, we don't have any original uh, documents or, or that this was taken from. But the Essenes, we do have original. In fact, the Vatican, neither has Israel been really willing to reveal very much about what was there, other than the fact that we do know that 
they were, this was a community that believed that Yeshua was definitely the Messiah. So we do have the ancient documents that are really being tight-lipped on it. Uh, but it was kind of interesting because one of the things that brought my curiosity up was a meeting that my wife and I had with Gershon Solomon, dear friend of ours in Israel. And Gershon said that the reason why they're keeping it so tight-lipped about what was written in those particular fragments is because it would delegitimize the Catholic Church. He had already gotten information from sources that he knew that they had already discovered that it would definitely show you that the Catholic Church is not a legitimate church. So, but anyhow, there, there has been some ancient documents that have been discovered that were written by the Essenes. And what was kind of interesting in my study there was I actually found the version of Matthew 24, or their version of what they had written that they say that Yeshua said. And what I thought was interesting about it was the, the interesting accuracy if we were to look at it from a prophetic standpoint. Not to mention, I'd shared with you guys myself that when I was reading Matthew 24 from the King James Version there, when Jesus speaks about, when he says, this gospel, when it is preached unto all the world, then the end will come. And the Lord revealed to me, that is actually the two witnesses. Now, I had not read, as of yet, the Matthew 24 equivalent from the Essenes' point of view. But when I read it recently, I saw that I was exactly on the money on that, because in this one, Yeshua goes a little deeper. So, as I said before, and keep in mind, this is not a canonized version of it, but it, nonetheless, as I share with you what they recorded that he said, I think you're going to find very interesting, especially in light of Rome, because it makes it a lot more clear. Let's take a look at this. It says here, And at another time, while Yeshua sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him in private and asked, Tell us, Lord, thou holy teacher of righteousness concerning the end of evil, and that shall, and, and that shall be the sign that we should know of thy coming again. And Yeshua said unto them, Take warning that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and the truth. Follow me and be saved. See, just like it says in Matthew 24 in the King James Version. But he says, But great shall be the number of false prophets. Uh, excuse me. But, but great shall be the number. The false prophets will deceive. Yea, many will take up the holy name in vain. Now that's God's divine name. As I generally, as the Jewish people say, Hashem, it's the same, I believe it'd be the same way because as I've said before, we see clearly in Zephaniah that that true ability to pronounce that name is not given until the time. It looks like almost from the time the two witnesses come based on what Zephaniah writes about it. So he says, many will take up the holy name in vain and misuse the meaning thereof and cause great confusion among the people and mislead many. There's definitely a lot of confusion today because so many people are determined to know the pronunciation of it and are trying to tell people that they must know. And, well, you already know that argument there. The meaning thereof and cause great confusion and mislead many. For many things shall take place upon the earth that hath not taken place before. Now watch what he says here the way they record it. Nay, or seen by any generation except those of that generation. 
Now that got my attention. Because it seems to be that Yeshua here, when, when they record what he says about Matthew 24, he specifically is speaking of our day, which lets us know, too, even more so that Matthew 24 is definitely a prophetic look at the day that we're living in. Because I'll read it again. For he says, For many things shall take place upon the earth that have not taken place before, nay, nor seen by any generation except those of that generation. The modern technology. The planes, the war things, everything that we have here. Now watch how he covers it, because we already know about the wars and rumors of wars, but watch the way they record it here. For you shall hear of great wars... And also much talk of war, and many will be threatened with destruction. <laughs> That's why I say, when you read this account here, it seems, I mean, it's almost, it makes you wonder why didn't they include it in the canon, but I'm sure there's reasons why they have for that. But nonetheless, this is very evident that Yeshua knew exactly what was going to happen in our age, because our age, the war can bring destruction total destruction. And this here goes back 2,000 years ago. They actually have the original Hebrew document of this 2,000 years ago. Now, it says, but, you be, but be ye not troubled, for many things must come to pass, yet before the end of all evil things. And in those days, the last before the great rest, uh, speaking of the millennial reign, those that have power shall gather to themselves in greed the lands and the riches of the earth for their own lust, and thus shall oppress the greater number who have not. Keep this in mind. As I'm looking at this, I'll just share with you the way it looks to me. He talks about the wars and rumors of wars, and they're willing to to bring about total destruction. Now he says that there's going to be those that are going to, uh, let me just read it again, uh, in those, in, in, and in those days, the last before the great rest, those that have power shall gather themselves in greed, the lands and the riches of the earth. Hasn't the United States warred with all kinds of countries? You know, the other day someone had posted a video on my Facebook page about a, Syria, a Christian Syrian woman that was crying out. And she really accused the United States of all the wars that have torn... I'm sorry, she, I don't think she was Syrian. I think she was an Iraqi. All the wars that have torn this country apart and that over a million Christians had been murdered in Iraq. She put the charge at the United States' feet. And she said they came and they stole everything. They came and took the gold, the values of the land. They took the oil. That's exactly what we see. And Americans know that Bush, he didn't do this war just to go liberate the, the, the Kurds. They did it to take land. And who are they really doing it for? It's the Pope of Rome. We fight the Pope's wars, just like in Ukraine, toppling of that particular country's government, a democratic government. That might not be the best government in the world, and no doubt the Russians have their paws involved in that as well, but they did topple that government too. And now, because the Israelis don't go along with the idea of a two-state solution, what have they done there? Created more wars. Why? The Pope of Rome wants Jerusalem and wants that as his own seat. 
So they create more wars and rumors of wars to force the Israelis to concede to a two-state solution. And taking more lands for what? For their greed. Why? Now there's oil and gas there. Same thing with Syria, Iraq, all around the world. So what does he say again? Let's read it again. I really want to sing because I know you guys have not seen this before. You can, you can look it up online. Those of you, many of you guys I know read these type things. You write me about it. And, and, uh, and the only thing I can tell you, I, I can tell you we have a canonized Bible. I go by that. But I can't disregard things that are this powerful in prophecy either, though. And in those days, the last... Before the great rest, those that have power shall gather to themselves and greed the lands and the riches of the earth for their own lust, and thus shall oppress the great number who have not. For in those days, the many shall be held in bondage. This is interesting. Watch this. But, but yet not in prison. Many are held in bondage, but not in prison. And they shall be used to increase the riches of the greedy. Yea, even the innocent beast of the field shall, shall be greatly oppressed, for every cruelty and lust shall be worked against my innocent brothers and sisters of the great household of God. He's talking about animals. And that is true. Very true. Very sad. Um, indeed. For many shall lust after the taste of flesh, and blood shall flow freely as high as the bridle of a horse. If you really think about this now, I mean, like I said, if this is not prophetic, I've never seen anything like it. Let me just share with you what it's, let me, let's look at this again though. For in those days the many shall be held in bondage, but yet not in prison, and they shall be used to increase the riches of the greedy. What were the greedy doing? They're going to take land. So who's he talking about that are imprisoned? It's the military. You know, when I was in the military, I used to always call it legalized prison. Because once you go in the military, you find out quickly you're not your own, and you can't do what you want. You can't scratch yourself, especially in basic training. You ain't going through basic training. You don't scratch yourself. They tell you, we own you. You signed a contract, and I call it legalized prison because you volunteer to go into that. And the entire time you're in the military, you do what you're told. And they're in prison. They're in bondage, but yet not in a prison. And they shall be used to increase the riches of the greedy. They fight the battles for Rome. The United States military is the main military that Rome uses to wage war around the world. Keep in mind, the taxes of the United States goes to Great Britain and from Great Britain straight into the Vatican. That's where the big circle goes into, in case you guys are not aware of that. But then the cruelty to animals, the lust for the, for the blood and the eating of all these animals. If you've ever seen slaughterhouses and the number and I, and I know there's a lot of people eat meat I, I'm not, that's up to different people what they do I'm just telling you it's sad if you really knew what happens to all these poor animals and I say that in light of the fact that when God created the animals on the earth in Genesis he said it was good he created all these fellows and tells them to multiply and replenish the earth and then he puts them in our hands for us to care for them you know, but as far as this idea here of the blood rising so high, it's because the, the, the increase, and even like for the chicken restaurants and all these type things here, and, and of course you've got to keep in mind for the military, all the slaughter. It's like in the days when the, Israel would fight in the battles and stuff, you know, they'd have to carry the livestock with them to feed the armies. 
Anyway, let's move on though. In that time of trouble, no creature of God, nay man nor beast, shall escape the cruel judgment of that wicked generation. Save mine holy elect under the charge of mine holy angels. Wow. That's something to think about for the rapture itself there, isn't it? For I say unto you this day that a strange Savior shall rule the minds of many. A strange Savior shall rule the minds of many. You don't think the Pope of Rome isn't doing that good job on that? Look at this. He's got a special message for the celebration of Christian unity on May 23rd, just like he did when he sent his little uh, guy down there to Kenneth Copeland there. Another special message. He's ruling the world. He says, Save my holy elect under the charge of mine holy angels. For I say unto you this day that a strange Savior shall rule the minds of many, and that generation shall believe not in the evil of the world, but shall judge all evil good and all good evil. That's sad. You're judging the evil good. And, every, and look at the way the churches are going nuts over, over Pope Francis. And if you don't go along with this ideology, they consider you a wicked person. I've been threatened by the Obama administration. I've been threatened by United Nations with my own life for speaking against the Vatican. I've had my friends that are Jewish believers turn against me. sad. Watch what he says else. For many shall the miracles of the strange God work in the earth. Yeshua calls him a strange God. Why? Because he says that he's the vicarious filiadilia. He sits. He is the vicar of Christ, the substitute. He claims to be the substitute of the anointed Christ. Sits in his seat as God on earth, just like the Pharaoh of Rome. He said, many, for many shall the miracles of the strange God work in the earth, and the people shall worship that Savior with much devotion for all hope rests in the God that is not a God, but deceiveth the people of every nation. Every nation in the world is deceived by this man. And he does many miracles. Oh, just wait. It's, it's not even got going good yet. He did, of course, I've already reported, he did his first miracle. He turned turn dead blood to live blood. I can only imagine what's going to happen in the very near future. You know? And if it's not Francis, they'll have another one. Just Who knows what's going to happen. I, th- I think it's Francis, though, really. Per- that's me personally. But the eternal spirit of all shall send forth his holy messengers, and they shall restore the holy law anew. I told you that when I was reading it from Matthew 24... And all, when this gospel, this evangelia, as it says in the Hebrew math, you shall go to all the world, then the end shall come. I said, that is the two witnesses. And here he says in this one here, but the eternal spirit of all shall send forth his holy messengers. That's the two witnesses. All right? And they shall restore the holy law anew. We already know when the two witnesses come. What did, what did, what did you, Jesus say? 
and in, in, in uh, what is it, Matthew or Luke that records that in, in the King James Version, it says that uh, they ask him the question, doesn't Elias, doesn't the scripture say Elias must first come? And he said, truly he shall first come and restore all things. So now he says these messengers are coming and they're going to what? Restore the holy law new. They're going to bring back the part that was lost over the last 2,000 years because of the different churches and doctrines and denominations, even the Jewish people that have perverted the things that they've perverted. As I read to you the other day in Jeremiah chapter 8, where the pen of the scribe, the wicked scribe, he's changed things intentionally to hide it from your eyes. You know, I already knew that it was in the New Testament. I had no idea that Jeremiah wrote of the wickedness of the pens of the scribe. That tells us even things in the Old Testament. Were manipulated. That just that sad, you have no idea how that saddened my heart to read that in Jeremiah. Anyway, so he says here. Watch what he says. Restore the holy law anew, which wicked men have hidden by their vain traditions, and those that believe not the holy law shall perish. That's strong word. And we know that when the two witnesses come for three and a half years, they'll preach the gospel. It's the one time people have a chance to repent. I've told you that, guys, many times over. I didn't know this was written there. I said, you'll have that time to repent, but if you don't, it'll be over. And he says the same thing in here. And in that day shall all they that keepeth my law and commandments be hated of all nations for my name's sake. For many shall be offended at my holy laws and betray one another and shall hate one another. For many false prophets shall indeed arise and shall deceive many. That's these people in these churches. Claiming to, to you know, God spoke to me. God gave me a vision. God gave me a dream. I'm, I'm weary of it myself. He says, yeah, I tell you, in that age yet to come, the Father's name shall be blasphemed in a manner like never before in the history of the world, greater than even the star count of heaven itself. I believe that. For hands dripping with the innocent blood of my creatures will take up my name in vain and mislead many, and they will follow the ways of the Pharisees and not the true path of the, of the pure oblation. And that's something, remember the message I just gave? Now, I didn't know this was there. I just gave a message to you guys recently about the traditions of the Pharisees. I said, even, even Rabbi uh, Singer says that the, the Orthodox Jews of today are the Pharisees of 2,000 years ago. And I said, they are blind. Yeshua says in the Gospels of the King James that they are blind leaders of the blind. And so if you want to go back into Pharisaic traditions as Jews that are believing the Messiah to be Messiah and you take back up these traditions, you will perish in your sins. There's no way around it. And he says right here, their hands dripping with the innocent blood of creatures will take up my name in vain and, and mislead many, and they will follow the ways of the Pharisees and not the true path of the pure oblation. You know, I think I had a question asked to me not long ago. You know, I said, Brother Steve, what do you think about uh, this? You know, would they restart the sacrificial services? They may. But let me tell you something. That's not what God's interested in. Yeshua has died for us. And believe me, God would put a stop to it because His blood 
is what was poured out for our sins. And we must believe in Him. And if you believe in Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, you will be pardoned from your sins. If you do not, you will not be pardoned. I don't care how many Pharisaic traditions you want to take up. You know, do you know good? You've got to believe Yeshua the way Yeshua was, not the way you think He is, not the way you want Him to be, not the way the church has made Him to be. You've got to know who He is. And you've got to believe Him in the power that He came in, in the power of the resurrection. He goes on and he says, Yea, many lies will be spoken of me in that age, things I spoke not unto you, nor taught not, for they will lust after much flesh and sin, and their evil will mount higher than a new moon of thy, uh, of thy season, and many will believe and be lost. Yea, sheep will, be, will there be, but shepherds uh, few, for the wolves shall destroy the sheep and scatter them about, in the north wind scatters the fallen leaves. For many are the hopes of that age to come, but like the bow of the sky after the rain cometh disappear into nothingness, though great be the Savior, only hopelessness shall reign over the nations. See, though great be their Savior. They think Pope Francis is going to save the world. But he's not. I tell you, better for that generation not have been born into the world. For darkness filleth that age, and gross darkness the people, where the lie ruleth the hearts of many. Yea, I tell you truly, if man then shall say unto you, Lo, here is the Christ, or there he be, be you on guard, and haste not to believe. For there shall arise many false Christs and false prophets, speaking the lie against the humane Son of God, and they shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible to even deceive the very elect of God. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret place, haste not to believe. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For remember, wheresoever the carcass is, there will the vultures be gathered. Now that was a new way of seeing that. You know, but like I said, you know, I, again, this is not part of the canonized scripture there. So, you know, just however the Lord leads you. But I just I find this, I find it fascinating in light of prophecy. I mean, this is a document that the originals they have are is two thousand years old, and what you're seeing here is a is a little bit deeper look than what we get to see in the Matthew 24 that we have today. And so, and to, for him to say the things that he's saying about our generation, we see it. It's obvious. This is, this is just very interesting. You know, so anyway. Wherefore, if you shall say, and, uh, okay, we already read that. For remember, uh, yeah, wherever the carcass says, the, the vultures are gathered together. For these birds eat of the dead and do go, gather round for the feast and know not the living. Know you also, therefore, that the true disciples of Christ are among the living only and are not found gathered round dead things. Amen. 
For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating flesh and blood and drinking sour wine and marrying for unnatural reasons until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And then one of Yeshua's disciples said unto him, Master of the harvest, please tell us what shall be the sign that we may know for certainty of thy coming. And Yeshua said unto his disciples, the eternal parent has appointed a time and a season for everything, so shall the holy judgment of that age. For verily I say unto you, that age shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. For the wicked heavens of Satan shall pass away, and the evil of the world will pass away. But my word shall not pass away, for my words are law and life and love. And out from uh, my law shall come forth a new heaven that ruleth over the new earth. Yea, the kingdom of mine, elect shall rule in peace and gladness, and the meek of the land and wickedness shall be no more found or sought after. Anyway, just fascinating, especially that part about the wars. The, and he said, the talk of war. The, 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 the Savior that will rise up. It will lead many astray. Fascinating. Anyway, I, I trust it's a blessing to you. Be vigilant. Very, this is a time to be in prayer like no other time. The deception that is moving all around us, it's everywhere. And he said, they're going to say, lo, here's the Christ, lo, there. Our Christ, Yeshua, has already come. And he already spoke his words for us to live by them. I want to stay as true to Christ as I can. And I know you feel the same way. But I just had to I just had to share that with you. I was reading through that and I just thought it'd be a blessing for you in light of Matthew twenty four. We've talked so much about it recently here. And to see uh, a prophetic look at the age we're living in. It was very interesting anyway. So Anyway, I don't know what to say about it, you know. I mean you can take it the way over the way the Lord leads your heart on it, because like I said it's just uh, it's, it's something that's, that's out of the ordinary, but it certainly is a blessing to me to see it, because especially the two part about the part about the two witnesses as well. I knew that that's what the Lord had revealed to me about Matthew 24, about the gospel being preached to all the all the world. Then the end would come, and then He speaks of the same. So very interesting. God bless you. We love you, and hope to see you soon. Uh, those of you, uh, by the way, for those of you that are that'll be in South Florida, uh, uh, Brother Paul Begley in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on May the sixth, we'll be speaking there. Uh, it's only a little over a week away, or something like that. So we'd like to meet you there if you're able to come. But um, also, though, for the two-day conference with Sister Lisa Tesh, we also have a new guest speaker. Uh, I don't have that name for you, but I'll get that to you as quickly as I can. That'll be coming. Another precious sister there, my wife, Sister Lisa, myself. Two-day conference. We will really be bringing down the house when it comes to exposing what Satan is doing. I have a lot of photographs I want to share with you guys there at that particular conference. That's May 19th, excuse me, June 19th and June 20th. Uh, next month, that's about three weeks away right now. You don't want to miss it. It's in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. And uh, I'll have... 
the address and phone number to the hotel there in Newport Ritchie there uh, for those of you that have not made reservations as of yet. And from what I understand, there's still, still more time there. They have extended the deadline for being able to register uh, to get a discount at the hotel where, where the conference is at. So just call the hotel or email Sister Lisa Tesh, uh, Lisa Peterson Tesh. That'll be on the screen as well, and she can get get back with you the information about the registration there at the hotel. It doesn't cost anything; everything's free of charge. And uh, but we know you'll be blessed. God bless you, and hope to see you soon. Shalom. Hello, everyone. This is Melissa with Midnight Hour Well. Um, I wanted to come out and share what I believe is an urgent message. Uh, last night in a dream, the Lord gave me a word, and, uh, and it was given to me in such an urgent way that I felt like I should write it down when I was in the dream. But uh, what I heard was, get on your knees and pray. Okay, so I woke up this morning, and uh, I really began to think about what this urgent urgency could be about, and I went through my house. I noticed my house. I, I have felt like, you know, the enemy's been coming against um, my home this past week or so. And so I anointed everything. And then I began to intercede uh, for the nation and uh, for the body of Christ as I felt led by the Spirit. But um, then I watched a video, uh, Rhonda Empson. Many of you are probably familiar with her videos. And uh, she was given a word last night where uh, the Lord was telling her in French, uh, the beginning, like there would be multiple beginnings of, I'm thinking, prophetic things. And um, so after I watched her video, I began to really think about how uh, the Holy Spirit reminded me, like three months ago, I was given a word that we were entering into a 120-day countdown. And when I did the math, it took us to April 13th. And then suddenly I realized, oh, April 13th is tomorrow. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what's coming. I don't know, um, you know, what, what things are going to begin, uh, you know, but I feel like we have been commissioned, you know, by the Lord to, to pray, to humbly pray, to get on our knees and pray, uh, you know, and hopefully it can be delayed or averted, but, um, we know that the enemy is, is at work. We know he is uh, planning many things against our nation. And uh, it is our responsibility as the body of Christ, you know, to stand in the gap and to uh, come against the work of the enemy and ensure that he does not get to have his way while we're here. Okay? So, again, um, let's join together. Let's pray. Let's intercede. Seek the Holy Spirit about this, uh, whatever this might be, and, uh, and and let's join together, let's unify, let's humble ourselves, you know, before the Lord, and, and seek Him, seek His face, and, uh, you know, just pray that whatever this is can be averted, okay? And again, it is my prayer that we will all continue to keep our lives running bright while we wait for Jesus. God bless you all. Welcome to Joseph's Explosion. 
Wednesday night Bible study. I hope you enjoy the study we have tonight. Tonight we're going to be talking about persecution. Okay, let's get started. First, I want to pray. Father, I thank you for this word, Lord, that you just dropped in my spirit. Lord, I've been thinking about this for at least a week, and Lord, you just dropped it in my spirit tonight, God, Lord, and give me everything that I needed. So, Father, just help me tonight to speak it with boldness, clarity. Lord, hide me behind the cross, and Lord, let your word come out and not mine. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that it touches someone's heart tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Persecution. Webster's definition of, pers- of persecution is hostility and ill treatment, especially because of race, political, or rig- re- religious beliefs. I kind of got tired. You know, every day we wake up from asleep from the night before, but when we wake up, we don't wake up looking for persecution. You know, you know. Every day I wake up and get up side of bed like, okay, I'm ready to be persecuted today. No, I don't look for that. You know, or how can I be persecuted today? You know, we we just don't look go look to be persecuted. Okay, we just don't look for that. It's just not in our nature to be look for persecution. Never. Ah. Uh, You know, the world thinks we are crazy because we remain in joy and peace in these troublesome times. They say, everything's going on around you, chaos everywhere, and you just, you know, it's all under control. You know, but how's it all under control? Stock market's crashing. There's wars over here. There's wars over there. People's getting killed down the street. You know, the storm's coming. You know, all kinds of things. And here you are in your little center of peace. And people think you're crazy. They just think you're crazy. You know, and they persecute you on that. You know, thinking you're crazy. Let me give you an example. I want someone to look up Acts chapter 16, verse 22 through 25. This is talking about Paul and Silas. They was preaching the gospel. It's like I went up town and preached the gospel in the center of a little town called Clover. You know, and they didn't like it and they come took me. But I'll let someone read it and we'll discuss it in a minute. Chapter 16, verse 22 through 25. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Okay. Here, here's someone preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, you know, telling someone, hey, this guy died for you, 
for your sins to be saved where you can go live in heaven and not go to hell. You know, good news means, I mean, the gospel of Christ means good news and it means it's coming to you. And, you know, and they were persecuted. And after they got beat and whipped, you know, for doing this, they were thrown in jail. But instead of feeling sorry for themselves and everything, what did they do? They started singing songs, started worshiping God in the jail. Can you imagine being persecuted and you start singing songs? Is is that the world's way? Is that the world's way? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, back in the olden times, it says, in fact, in fact, if you were not being persecuted, that raised a question of of how much is that person really following Christ? If someone's not coming up to you, if your life is not reflecting Jesus Christ enough that someone don't have something to say against you, you need to do some soul searching, say, whoa, wait a minute, am I really following Christ? If they're not saying something to me, persecuting me for what I'm believing in, the facts of Jesus Christ or the righteousness of Jesus Christ, then we need to check our lives. Now, we're going to go over and let's see to see what the Bible has to say about persecution. Let's go to the Word of God and see what the Bible has persecution say about persecution. Uh, Matthew five ten through twelve. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who are persecuted for your for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay, as we look here, it says. Blessed. Can, can you imagine someone saying lies, lying things about you, saying all kinds of things? I mean, cussing up a storm, just ripping you to shreds. And God says they're persecuting the crap out of you. And God says, "Hey, you're you're blessed. You are blessed because they're ripping you. Just get blessed because you are the righteousness of me. You're standing for truth." And they're ripping you to shreds. You are blessed. You're like, well, I don't feel blessed. Well, you are blessed. God says you're blessed. You know, our standards and and God's standards are different. So, all right, we'll go on. John 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. In other words, if you're following Christ and you're going after Him, 
guess what? This world's going to hate you. They're not going to have a thing to do with you. They're going to try everything they can. So another thing is to follow Christ is to be hated. <coughs> you don't be persecuted, but you're going to be hated. You're going to be blessed, but you're going to be hated at the same time. So, all right, Amanda. Uh, Romans 8, 35 through 39. Okay. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even when they persecute you, you are still conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. Always. You're above them, not beneath them. You are still conquerors through Christ. Okay. Second Corinthians four, eight through eleven. Hold on. Big glasses. Yeah, hand me his glasses. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> four, eight through eleven. Mm-hmm. Second Corinthians. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. What to? To 11? Uh, to 11. Okay, that's all. Okay, Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sakes. For when I am weak, then am I strong. In other words, still in persecution, you might be weak in your own body strength, but you're strong in the Lord. He will lift you up during times of trouble, time of persecution. You just lean on Him, and He'll pull you close. He'll give you strength. The Spirit of God will tell you what to say and what not to say. And just like Jesus in the desert, when the devil came to Him, just speaking them things, the Word was already inside of Him. He spoke the Word, and He rebuked the devil. And afterwards, the Spirit of God came to Him and revived Him. So when you're weak, God will make you strong. Second Timothy three, ten through twelve. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions which happened to me at Antioch, 
at Iconium at Lystrum, <clears throat> Lystrum, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So if we are Christians and we live a godly life, we are going to have persecution. You can kill them because they're going to come after you. The world hates when you bring their sin up to them because you're not judging them. The Word of God's judging them. And the and the spirit that's within inside of you is judging them. So there's going to be persecution because they don't like the spirit of this world does not like to be does not like to be exposed. And that is Satan. So we are going to be persecuted. So just accept it. Know it. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. Okay. First Peter. Chapter 4, verse 12 through 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. I want you to read that last part again. It says, if you're insulted. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. If you're insulted because of God on the inside of you, the Spirit of God rests upon you, and you will be blessed. Persecution, when persecution comes, look around the corner, because blessing's right, right there. It's right around the corner. You're going to be blessed. Remember the song that says, Sorrow of the night, but joy in the morning? I'm trading my sorrows. Well, when you're persecuted, look right around the corner, because blessings are there. Spirit of God is there and blessings is right behind it. Anytime. Okay. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Uh, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that testing of your faith produces perseverance. That's it. Okay. I got down here. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when you get persecuted. Going through persecution is not a fun time. It's a hard time. But if you stay centered in Christ and know that what you're going through, if you're being persecuted for righteousness' sake, not being persecuted of your own thing or something else, but for the gospel of Christ, then you're going to be blessed. You're going to be hated. You're going to be conquerors. You're going to be showing the death of Christ in you to other people. You're going to show them that even though you're weak, you're strong in Christ. And you're also showing them the godly life that's inside of you. 
You'll be insulted, but you'll also show them the Spirit of God that's resting upon you. And above all that, you're going to be showing them there's joy on the inside. Even when you're going through the midst of trouble, there's joy and peace and persecution everywhere. You know, all of the world followers of Christ are being persecuted. It may look different depending on It may be it may look different depending on what country you live in, but it's still persecution for the sake of the gospel. You know, the world sees being persecuted as bad. God sees it as being blessed, as being joyful, as suffering. It says if if I, Christ says if I suffer, you will suffer. So don't don't think you don't get out of suffering. You're not going to get out of suffering. You know, I just don't know how much suffering you're going to suffer, but I guarantee you in these last days, our liberties, our freedoms, everything that our men and women fought for, the freedom in our religion is being challenged. And I don't know how much longer that we can talk about Christ freely. Right now, they're already wanting to take the Christ out of Christmas. You can't say that. You can't say prayers in school. I remember when I was in school, opening up, we'd we say the Pledge of Allegiance, and every morning our principal would say a prayer over the school and over the, over the students. That was a daily ritual. Now they can't pray on campus. They can't hold any kind of religious activities on campus that pertains Jesus Christ. Even they are taking down the Ten Commandments at the state capitals and courthouses and everything. Now, if you don't, if that's not persecution. That is persecution. Even right now, they're persecuting. Uh, let's see what is it about the uh, oh down in Georgia about, you know, the NFL and all them, you know, if you keep Christ down there and all that stuff, we will not bring the NFL, Super Bowl, Disney's planning on pulling out. So what? Let them. Let them. God's got more for us than what they do anyway. We need to stand up for what is right in Christ. Yeah, we are going to be persecuted. Well, big dude, get over it. If you love God, he, he was persecuted and he went to the cross for us. He died for us. What's this little persecution that we can do for him? Stand up. He said, if you don't stand up before men down here, I won't stand up for you from my father. I won't confess you. So we need to stand up and be counted. Say, hey, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. You need to stand up and talk to them and tell them, you know, no, that ain't right. That ain't right. Okay, has anybody got anything to add? No, I know that, you know, it's going to get darker. The persecution is... We haven't seen anything yet, and I know that the church is going to is going to go underground. 
You know, the Lord has talked to us a lot about that. But, you know, hey, it's not underground yet. We still do have some freedom. You know, there's going to come a time when we're going to understand what it means not to have freedom. But right now we still do. We can still, you know, use the Internet the way we are, you know, to talk about Jesus and, you know, to teach the Word, to, to prophesy, to preach, whatever we want to do. And, and we need to, you know, we need to, we need to use it, you know. Every way that we can, we need to use the airwaves. We need to, you know, we need to pray that more people will be able to to use TV to preach the gospel. You know, some churches are beginning to, you know, make movies and and that type thing. You know, we need to take advantage and we need to we need to be as loud as we can until until it's too late. And you know, Jesus said there's going to come a time when when man can work no more. It's going to come a time when it's too dark to work. But it's not there yet. It's not too dark to work. It's not too late, and we need to we need to not worry. Like you say, we just need to not don't worry about the opinions of man. We just need to worry about the opinions of God. Yeah. You know, are we pleasing God? You know, to stand up and to speak out. And I mean, it's just craziness in the world right now. It just blows my mind. Some of the crazy stuff that's going on, and uh, you know, it, it's such a small percentage of people, you know, at the top that's this manipulating everything. You know, it's just opening up the gateways of hell to come in, into the earth. And if we don't stand up, you know, people are so worried about being politically correct and, you know, being correct, you know, being right and for man to love us and man to be pleased with us. Well, who really, who really cares, you know? You know, is, is God pleased? You know, are we pleasing the Lord? And we have to be willing. We have to be willing to be persecuted. You know, we do. We have to be willing to stand up, speak out, and take whatever comes our way. Let the chips fall where they may. Just let the chips fall. As long as we're speaking in love and we're speaking the truth, the Word of God, then we need to speak. And we don't need to be worried about the opinions of man because it don't matter. When we stand before God, we're going to stand before God all by ourselves. It's just going to be us and Him. And we're going to have to give an account for what we did during our time on this earth, you know. I'm feeling real stirred up in my spirit right now. Good. Good. That's what I want to I'm just sick of it. You know, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the crowd. That it, every day it gets worse. Y'all, I was telling, I was telling David. I mean, I wasn't even TV was on. I wasn't even really paying attention too much, but a commercial caught my attention just at the end of it, and and they're just taking it to a whole new level of nasty on TV. Okay, it was a, it was. It was, um, a, what was it, a lesbian? No, it was a man and a woman couple, and they were bringing, they were discussing and were bringing a, a female into their relationship, so it was going to be a threesome, right? And this was going to be, I don't know if it's a TV program, because I missed most of it. I, went, I didn't fully, you know, I didn't watch it all. It was a commercial about it. I think it was just a new TV program that's coming out, <coughs> but it was a... A man and a woman, and they were bringing a woman into the relationship. And the way it ended, the way the commercial ended was was with the the two women kissing with a man, the husband standing behind them with his arms around both of them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where is it going to end? I mean, they're going to have animals and people in 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 relationships, sexual relationships on TV, and relationships of children and. I mean, where is it going to end? There is no end to the wickedness of the devil. And there is no end to the wickedness of people who will let the devil work through them. But we got to stand up, and we got to be willing to take persecution. I tell you what, I applaud the governor of North Carolina. 
for standing up against the LBG community and saying he will not allow them bathrooms for the homosexual or whoever. I thought he Transit, no. No, he didn't. No, he did uh, And fact, they, they, they uh, cannot the marry the same sex either. We've got to stand up, people. I applaud him. That That is standing up. I know he's taking a lot of heat for that. Yeah, they're taking a lot of he's heat. He's taking a lot of heat. So Today, that's standing up for righteousness. And we got st- we got to let people like that know that you're not alone. There are thousands of us, millions of us probably that are behind you. You know, there's just a few, there's just a few at the top that are in control, that are opening up the gates, and they don't care. They don't care what the majority wants. They're not speaking for the majority. The majority of people is disgusted by this stuff. We're disgusted yeah. by it. But we've got to speak out and let them know that, you know what, no. I mean, they don't care. They go ahead and run run, run it through. They push it through by whatever but we got to do our part. We, you know, at least when we stand before God, we got to be able to say that. I was really proud of uh, Florida, their governor. Their governor stood up too. Yeah, their governor stood up and passed the uh, religious freedom act? protection. Protection. It protects. It protects the freedom against civil lawsuits against pastors and church, churches and the workers. Who, who refused to, to do homosexual marriages in their facilities and that type of thing. And that instead of having lawsuits brought against them, that the act will protect the church. And Georgia had that same thing come up, Does North but then they vetoed it, and it didn't pass it. Does I'm not sure. I, the thing that they're in North Carolina is... Is about the uh, Charlotte passed a bill that basically made it legal for men to be in the women's bathroom and women to be in the men's bathroom. I know. I need and to then the state, the the state of North Carolina came in and overturned it. And because of that, they've had huge amount of flack from a lot of um, actually actually as of today, uh, PayPal has said that they would not be. They will not build a, a, a call facility. center, a facility in Charlotte because I gotta study, I gotta read about all that because I don't. I'll be honest, I haven't been paying attention. I don't really know what it's all about. Right. You know, but I tell you what, if it's standing up for righteousness, then then PayPal or whoever, eBay or whoever that is, they can PayPal. just they can just you know they, they just need to be gone. We don't even want them. You know, people's gotta push back. Yeah. We gotta say we don't care. We don't care about your business. We don't care about your money. We don't care. Yeah. We're going to stand for righteousness, and we don't really care. I can't remember. I saw reading an article. Dan Forrest. Money I'm not, is I'm, not everybody's goal. He might be a senator or something like that from North Carolina, and basically he, he made a statement that said that if uh, we care about our, the safety of our children more than we care about political correctness, and if obviously right. and obviously. PayPal doesn't care about the children of North Carolina. That's right. So push we don't. Back. We don't. We don't need you can take your bu- You can take your business elsewhere. That's right. If you do not That's care right. enough about our the safety of our 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 people, we don't want your business. It's our. It's their responsibility as the authority of the states. You know that's we put them in office. North Carolina. We're going to have to start boycotting a whole lot of companies. Yeah. We are because they are coming straight out fighting 
a Christian freedom, yeah. and this is a Christian nation, and we just it just can't be. Yeah. We got now. It, I tell you, the rubber is about to meet the road, and you're going to see who who's real and who ain't real. Yeah. We're going to see is your God money or is Jehovah your God? Yeah. Who do you serve, God or money or the devil? I mean, really, seriously, it's about to, the rubber is about to meet the road, and people's true colors are about to shine. Yeah. And I just say, let it happen. Praise the Lord. Let it all fall where it will. <coughs> Because, you know, the Lord has been saying, you know, that there's going to be a dividing line. And people are going to choose. Do you, are you with me or are you against me? Are you with me or are you against me? And that's what I see happen. Listen, God, God has been saying it. I've been prophesying it. And I know others have prophesied it. That that line is going to come. That the line is going to be divided in the sand. And people's going to have to choose. Who do you serve? Who, uh, who are you really with? Is, is, is money your God? Or is God your God? Do you care what he thinks or do you not? And then true colors are going to shine and the, the church is going to be divided. The sheep on one side, the goat on the other. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Ain't that right? Mama getting mad. Grandma's Grandma getting mad. Grandma's getting mad. She's going to preach her. I am. I'm getting mad. She I am. Preach, yeah. Every time I turn on the news, I just, yeah. I'm getting mad. I'm just, and, and I think a lot of people are getting mad. They are. So we're to the point where we just don't even care about you or your business. There's, you know, this, if you're uh, going to fight God, then you, we ain't on your side. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, right now the country is in... Is in a crisis, really. There's a, the, the Christians are getting really up. The conservative, the Christians real Christians, are getting really upset. But then you have people that are that are not Christian who are. And let them go on with. They're getting really upset too about things that are happening. There's a I was reading an article they were talking about. There's a group that the name of their group is F Your Flag. And basically, they are talking about the United States. Flag? Yeah, they show up at political they, rallies. They just need to get on a boat they, or a plane or a train, and they need to get on they, that boat here. Let me help you to understand is that they they show up at political rallies and they stomp on the American flag. That's I was reading an article. There, it, there's so much, and they're like protesting against um, <coughs> like people who are I guess and against anti-black. You know, it's it's a primary. It's a it's a group that's. Like, Are you talking you know, about again, the Black Lives Matter movement? No, this is something different. I, there's all kinds of like that. There's all kinds of things. So there's all kinds. Up. There's all kinds of social. Movements. I don't know about that, but a lot of them is, you know, is just truly bringing. The you know, great, greater, but, but listen, I know yeah. God's in control. I know He's in control. You know, and what do y'all? What do you think about as far as you know where the Bible says Jesus said, "I didn't come to bring peace, but I come to bring a sword." You know, I almost, I almost mm -hmm. feel like that's fitting for our time. It is. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I come to bring a sword. And that sword is going to divide. It is. You know, it's, it's going to separate the real from the not real. You know? And the Bible says, Father, rise up against son. Son, rise against father. Oh, my. Mother against daughter. Daughter against that. And you know what I always think that means? You know? I mean, I, know, I, I, I saw that that was for, for Christians too, but... You know, originally, I think, I, I remember thinking, you know, that's like for the Jews, you know, because, yes, because it did it did bring uh, strife, and it still does, and if Jews follow Christ, they be, they're kicked out of the family. You know, same for Muslims. I mean, if, come on, if they turn to Jesus, that's it. They'll, they'll kill their kids. 
they'll kill them. You know, the Jews will just send you away, but, you know, the Muslims, they'll kill their children. You know, but I, I believe that that is truth in, in our day. I didn't come to bring peace, but I come to bring sword. And I believe that the sword of Jesus Christ is being wielded, if I'm saying the word right, throughout the earth right now. Some people believe that there's going to be a falling out in November with the election. Oh, you know how it is. People are always saying stuff, and some of it, you know, We're has medical about a medical truth. A contested uh, Republican. That's the fear is that there's going to be a, a contested Republican nomination, and that it's going to split the party. That's that they're in is that. that what you're talking about? <coughs> yeah. That's what they're. That's what a lot of people they're are saying. Cons- that they're going to give all their uh, votes to Ted Cruz. I mean, not to dive too much into political stuff, but just, yeah, I mean, so, the near future, it's going to get darker before it gets brighter, you know, but we also know that the glory of God is going to increase. Yes, yes it is, and, and I have see to believe God's that. hand on all of this, even the division, even all the stuff, I see the hand of God, I do, and, and some of this stuff just has to take place. It does. It has to. Uh, the stuff well, I mean, we, we see has to take You place. read the book of Revelation, all that has to happen. Yes. And there's some really bad stuff that happens in yes. the book of Revelation. So, and, but even in the midst of it, you know, God's children are provided for and taken care of. And, One you know, thing I know, that God is a good God. He's a good God, and He loves He loves all of His creation, and He loves His children, and everything that He does, He has a, you know, He has a purpose. And even the things that the devil is doing, you know, God is in the middle of it. And God has a purpose, and he has a plan. He's going to make it all work out for good. We know that, because he's a good God. Okay. The main thing, after all this said and done, is you just need to keep your eyes on Christ. Follow him, and keep close to him. I don't care what comes, it says a thousand may come to your left side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh your your dwelling. So in other words, during even in the worst of times, if you keep your eyes on Christ, he's not gonna let nothing happen to you. He's gonna hide you in the secret place. But you you got to follow him. You got to stay close to him. I'm so close that you can feel the breath of God breathing on you. That's how close you got to be. So if he makes a turn, you can hear his voice and you can make the turn. Don't miss the turns with God. And don't be disobedient and not do what he tells you to do. Because new instructions will save your life. So you need to be obedient and listen to him. So, we're going to close. Father, I thank you today, God, Lord. Lord, I know persecution's coming. Lord, every one of us probably suffered persecution one way or another, God. But, Lord, we haven't seen nothing yet. And, Lord, I know that you're going to help us and you're going to carry us through. We just need to stay close to you, listen to your voice, obey you, and do everything that we know how to do, God. Yes. To, yes. to pass these times, God. And Lord, and stay close to you and so we can come through these troubled waters, God. Lord, where we can reach the other side safely, God. 
Lord, we know that you are in the troubled waters. Lord, you're in the boat with us. But, Father, Lord, we got to listen and follow instructions that you tell us. So, Father, I just thank you tonight, God, for the discussion and, Lord, for the word. Lord, just help us to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Lisa Haven, and I've got a highly urgent report to share with you today, specifically in regards to the fact that the elite are panicking. Uh, and in fact, they are also holding multiple meetings behind closed doors to discuss the fate of our economy. Now, let's start first with the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. They have now held four special meetings, or are going to hold. Uh, some, of, some have been held. The first one was held on April 6th, the next April 11th, the next today, and then tomorrow they will be holding another. Now, I've never seen this many critical meetings held within one week on the Federal Reserve. So very interesting thing that I'm keeping my eye on, especially considering the topsy-turviness of our economy. Um, also, Joe Biden and President Obama met with Janet Yellen, the federal chair, right after the April 11th meeting that the feds had in their office. What that means, well, it could mean a number of things, but the fact that they're meeting and discussing our financial situation is something that we definitely need to consider. Also, let's take into account the fact that the D20 meeting is going to be held in Washington, D.C. Now, they've got events scattered throughout uh, April 12th all the way through the 15th, and they're going to be discussing financial workings. Now, all this is going on within a week's time frame. Some pretty critical events, uh, not to mention what's going on with the Atlantic Fed Index, and I'm going to get into that in a moment, as well as the Baltic Dry Index, as well as the stock market, which they are just inflating that bad boy. Uh, but I think the best thing to do is let's just delve straight into this report, and let me show you those secret meetings uh, that they're harboring behind closed doors, because they always mean something is coming. And uh, we know it's not a matter of if the economy will collapse, but when. Uh, let's delve into those reports. So here we are. You can see on federalreservewebsite.gov. And here are the board meetings. You can see April 6th was the first one. Then yesterday, April 11th. And then today, April the 12th, Tuesday. And then one tomorrow on the 13th. Let's take a look at some of what they're going to be discussing here. First one, here's the one held at 1130 on Monday, April 11th. Topics of discussion, review, and determination by the Board of Gover Governors of the advance and discount rates to be charged by the Federal Reserve Bank. What rates are they going to charge? Interesting. Here's another one. Let's go back to April 6th. 
bank supervisory meeting. Uh, that one was there. Now remember, after this April 11th meeting, Janet Yellen, which I'm going to show you in the report in just a moment, met with Obama and Biden right after that particular meeting. Then after their meeting with Obama and Biden, two additional meetings are held, one today. Again, this is a bank supervisory matter. And then one tomorrow in which they will discuss periodic briefing and discussion on financial markets, institutions, and infrastructure. Um, and again, these are behind closed doors. We're not privy to this information. Uh, Federal Reserve, please keep in mind who they are. They are not a government institution. They are a bunch of foreign bankers, so to speak, who are out for profit. Uh, moving on to that next report. Here we are on the WallStreetJournal.com. You can see the link there. But here it is, President Obama to meet with Fed Chairwoman Yellen on Monday. That is Monday, April 11th. Uh, this meeting held once again after the private meeting. But they are expected to focus on the state of the economy, Wall Street reform, and economic outlook. Now, the last time such a meeting was held with these characters was November 12th, and that came a month before the Fed's historic first hike rate. Uh, there, so there you have it. So we could be looking at something of that nature. Now, one other thing that I mentioned at the beginning of this video that we also need to consider is the G20 Summit. Uh, and here is just a, a calendar of meetings for the G20 summit. Uh, they, they gather often, but considering we have the Federal Reserve talking about, uh, you know, certain discussions in regards to finances, we have Obama and Biden and uh, Janet Yellen meeting together after that. And then in addition to that, we have this. Here in April, I want you to notice these dates right here. Um, try to circle them with my mouth here. But we have April 11th, 12th, 12th to 14th, 13th, 14th, and 14th, 15th. Uh, these are just typical climate lies that they're going to talk about. But these later meetings, 13th, 14th, and 15th, are specifically in Washington, D.C., of all places. And they're going to focus on finance and central bank uh, finance um, and central bank governors, these kinds of financial stabilities in our country. So something to think about there as well. Now, something to add to that is this from businessinsider.com. Here we have Jamie Dimon. The U.S. has serious issues that we need to address. Who is Jamie Dimon? He is the J.P. Morgan CEO. Now, he put out this report. Um, let me go to the top here, and then I'll scroll back to what I want to show you. Um, this is J.P. Morgan, Chase & Company, their 2015 annual report. Now, in this report, he talks about tragedy that is coming here in America. And I'm going to scroll back down uh, to where I was a moment ago, page 51, I believe. Um, no, actually, page 49. And here's what he says here in this report. Let me show you the page there. There you go. But I do not believe that these issues will cause a crisis in the next five to ten years. And unfortunately, this may lull us into a false sense of security. But after ten years, he says, it will become clear that action will need to be taken. So in his uh, report, I guess in ten years, something needs to happen or the junk is going to hit the fan, so to speak. 
it will become clear that action needs to be taken. The problem is not that the U.S. economy won't be able to take care of its citizens. It is that taking away benefits, creating intergenerational warfare, and scapegoating will make it very difficult and bad politics. This is a tragedy that we can see coming. Early action would be relatively painless. So there is that. But he does report in this that and, and finally admits that some kind of tragedy is coming. Excuse the link there, but there is um, his annual report. And I highly recommend you skim through it. It is 330 some odd pages, uh, but it does kind of give you an idea of what they know is coming in the future. Now, here we are at the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, and it's right, I guess, right before the meetings uh, held at the Federal Reserve or held by the Federal Reserve Board of Governors and the meetings between Obama, Biden, and Janet Yellen, this report came out stating that the Atlantic Federal Reserve Bank revised the revisions of its previous revisements to say the U.S. economy now looks like it will report in the first quarter, as you can see here, a 0.1%. So after that report came out, bang, uh, then we got all the meetings. So interesting there. And here is just um, the evolution of Atlanta Fed uh, here, and it shows for the first quarter, bang, down here on April 4th. Uh, what, and, you know, just something that we definitely need to keep our eyes out on. Now, in case you're not aware of what the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta and the, and the, and the Atlanta Fed Index is, it's, um, here's a quick definition. A monthly survey of manufacturing firms located in the southeastern U.S. conducted by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. The index is also known as the Southeastern Manufacturing Survey. The Atlanta Fed Index tracks both current and expected indexes for production, for shipment, new orders, backlog orders, finished good inventories, employees, average net, uh, average work week length, and new orders. So there's kind of you know a quick breakdown. Now it is also one of the most closely watched, and it is seen as an important manufacturing indicator because of the states covered are among the most manufacturing heavy states in the United States. Uh, that is why this is important. Now, I'll leave a link. This is on investatopia.com. I'm going to leave a link to this. So if you want to read um, why that's something important to watch, you can. Now, last thing that I want to cover here is on the Economic Collapse blog. Now, this was written by Michael Snyder, April 10th. Uh, economic collapse is erupting all over the planet as global leaders begin to panic. And he's referencing some of those meetings that I spoke about, the G20 meeting, the meetings at the Fed, the meeting with Janet Yellen, uh, what's going on with the Atlantic Fed Index there. All of it is kind of adding together, but we are at that tumbling breaking point, and I think they know that. But here um, he really gets into what's happening worldwide in, I think, Brazil. He, he gives reports from CNN. He gives reports of what's happening in Venezuela, um, what's going on in um, the collapse of the Italian banking, banking system, uh, Europe, Europe, what's going on in Europe financially, information from business insiders. 
So all kinds of, of great information, but I'm going to leave a link to this report because I also want you to see what's going on worldwide with the banking system. So you can you know, see it's not just happening here in America. There's a global thing. And out of that, well, we know what's coming, and that is a new world order. But there, there is all that information. There you have it. They obviously know something we don't know. They are keeping it behind closed doors and not telling anybody. Now, here's the thing we need to remember. Back in 2007 and 2008, were we warned uh, that that event was going to transpire? Absolutely not by our government. No one was told. It just happened. They just allowed it to take place. That's the exact same thing that will happen in the future when the economy finally collapses, when it hits the crapper. Now, the only thing that we have forewarning us are top economists telling us things. We can look at banks. We can look at secret meetings behind closed doors and speculate when that's going to happen. Uh, and we can give you the best warning that we can, but you're not going to get that warning um, from the government. We didn't get it in 2007, 2008, and you're not going to get it in the future. Uh, so just something to ponder with that and keep that in the back of your mind. Mind. Uh, but definitely, if they're having meetings behind closed doors, and consistently so, uh, with Obama, with Yellen, with uh, what's going on with the Atlantic Index, with the Baltic Dry Index, with the, you know, the stock market, all these things we need to consider. We know that uh, internationally, they are dumping our debt. We know internationally, other countries are faltering and toppling uh, what's going on in China, what happened with Greece a while back. It's, it's, it's literally hitting the fan, and we have blinders on. Uh, and this is something that causes a lot of red flags for me and why I bring it to your attention because I think you need to know about it. Not only that, but let's also consider what's happening with the election. We know in Colorado that they you know, took all the delegates and gave them to Ted, Ted Cruz. There wasn't even a vote to be held. I don't care what the law says. I don't care what laws they passed a long time ago in order to accomplish what they did the other day in Colorado and saying they're going to uh, push it all through. It doesn't matter what the people say. It's illegal. I don't care. The law that they made is illegal to do that. They should not have the capability to do that, period. And I'm outraged by it. And everybody should be, whether you're a Ted Cruz supporter or a Donald Trump supporter or whoever you're a supporter of, that is utter stealing. That is stealing and fraudulent. And um, Ted Cruz should say, hey, uh, let's do this the right way and go for the vote. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen. So it's wrong on every level in my book. I don't care what laws are in place because the laws are wrong and the laws are illegal in my book, uh, according to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the rights that we have. We're not communist China. We're America, for crying out loud. This same junk happens in China where they give you a select few candidates and say, hey, you can only pick the ones that we want, but you get to pick between the two or three that we want or how many ever they have for the people to choose. Uh, but they get to vote. They just get to vote between the elected people that are pushed up by the government. Uh, same kind of thing here, but a different ball pit, so to speak. Let's try this ball pit. Well, if we can't, you know, get an, there's too many people voting for Trump or whatever, let's just cast all our delegates for Ted Cruz, right? Makes me worry even more that he could be establishment. I don't know. I know a lot of good people are going for Ted Cruz, and maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, anyway, I don't want to get into that topic right now. I just... We need to focus on what's happening with the economy and what's happening with the election as well because I wonder, and I do wonder, I know many people have told me, well, he's going to cancel the election and initiate martial law before uh, the election even takes place. They're not going to let anybody in. Uh, could that happen? Absolutely. Do I know? I don't know. Um, I can speculate. But if all these meetings are happening right now before the election, 
my hairs are going up. And um, I, I began to think, well, you know, could he cancel the election? He, he absolutely could, legally speaking, with these fraudulent laws that they keep creating and forcing on the American people to make their illegal sin legal, so to speak, when it shouldn't be legal in the first place. Uh, and they're breaking every law in the book. Absolutely, he can do that. And will he? I don't know. Uh, and they won't ever call it martial law. When they do initiate it, it'll be some kind of peacekeeping force. Strong Cities Network. Maybe that's what they'll call it, right? Because that's an international worldwide peace force for the new world order, which we know the end game is the new world order. If you've not looked up Strong Cities Network, Google it. Strong Cities Network. Entire reports on that. Uh, where it's a global police force, basically one police force linking with another, sharing information, Paris linking with uh, Detroit, linking with New York City, yada, 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 uh, and a bunch of fun there. But they'll have some sort of peacekeeping force. It won't be countrywide. It may be you know, cities. But in the event that an economic crisis comes, that might be something that they push through and attempt to put some kind of police force to bring in peace so to speak, and take away the guns, which we know comes as a result if there are a bunch of riots and yada, yada, they will do that. Uh, but not saying that will happen, I don't know, but nonetheless, there are all the laws in the book for them to do that. That's what I can say, and that's what I will say uh, in regards to that. My, my hope is, you know, the election goes through. I personally believe it will, though as we get um, deeper and deeper, you know, <laughs> You start thinking, ah, you know, that would be horrible. But if we get another Hillary in, which is possible, or Bernie Sanders, then we're looking at socialism, communism. Anyway, they're going to initiate and push the same crap as Obama, uh, maybe even worse, in my opinion. So whether Obama stays in or goes out, which I believe he'll go out, and if we get Hillary or Bernie in there, uh, I don't think they'll let Bernie in, but I don't like Bernie either, nonetheless, but I hate Hillary. I, I don't like either of them. Um, but if one of them get in, we're looking at hell over hell freezing over uh here in america anyway i don't want to ramble on um hopefully you get the gist but thanks again for tuning into my channel um if you have not checked out some of my partners here i've got two i've got get the com. he's got great detox program i use the super strength tea i also use the sea vegetables a uh, great product there that has uh, iodine in it it's all organic it's from the sea great stuff i actually think the smell is pretty neat but uh, if you like the ocean smell i guess um, in addition to that, I also have uh, my partner as well, foodforliberty.com backslash haven. I'll leave a link below. Get yourself prepped and stored with food because, look, if the economy hits the fan and all these meetings are taking place and these things are happening, if everything goes south, you're going to need food. You are not going to be able to rely on these distribution lines. Did they work back in the 1940s and uh, when the Great Depression hit? No, they didn't. People starved. People were malnourished. People died of malnourishment. Why? Uh, because they relied on the government for that food. You can't do that. You can't do that because it's not going to be there. And it's going to be in minimal portions. And they've even said, there's CIA agents and people who've come online and leaked that there's not going to be enough food. So keep that in mind. Get prepared with food. If you don't do it through Food for Liberty, do it for somebody. If you don't, pack it yourself. But have some extra on hand for you and your family. Anyhow, uh, also don't forget to subscribe to my channel here. I got lots of great stuff. And thanks again for tuning in. This is Lisa Haven signing out.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Lord's Hour, my brothers and sisters. Shalom, shalom. Hallelujah. We are at the last second before the trumpet sound. Hallelujah. We are so close to going home. Hallelujah. Welcome all to the Lord's Hour. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hope everyone here is fine. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. God is so good and he is so wonderful. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to share what the Lord revealed to me this morning, which I know is going to encourage a lot of my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Um, you will you will understand how close we are to going home. I, I was shocked this morning by the Lord in his revelation to my life. Hallelujah. And how close, hallelujah, we are to be going home. It is so, so close, hallelujah. I thank each one of you, hallelujah. Uh, praise Jesus. I apologize if it is, hallelujah. I just hope everyone hear me fine. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. I said a little better or a little worse, so praise Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. God is good. God is good, hallelujah. I just hope it's good enough for me to share the testimony, the revelation the Lord gave me this morning, because the Lord is, he is such a wonderful God. And hallelujah, I want to go into the word of God before I, I, I share what I have to share so we can get a clear understanding of what the word of God says about this. And this is from, um, praise Jesus. I mean, this is, I believe it's from uh, Romans and um, praise Jesus, uh, Corinthians. This is First Corinthians 24. It says here in verse 24, and a race, all the runner runs, but only one gets the prize. You know that, don't don't you, says Paul? So run in a way that will get you the prize. All who takes part in the game train hard. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So we are running in a race. Amen. Hallelujah. And in this race, we are running for a crown. Hallelujah. And be, before I continue reading the word, I want to start sharing part of the testimony. Hallelujah. This morning, hallelujah, the Lord um, took me out in the spirit, hallelujah, to show me, hallelujah, how we all, the bride of Christ, are running in a race. And it was such a beautiful race, Hallelujah. Because right in the race, I looked and I could see heaven. I, I knew that in the end of the race was heaven, right there on the end. And I was I was jumping up and down because I know the Lord had told me he would not bring me into heaven. But I was jumping up and down that I could see heaven. Hallelujah. And I could see the mansions. Hallelujah. And in this race that we are now, hallelujah, by the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, he allowed me to look while we were running and the spirit to look to heaven and I immediately recognized that I was looking to heaven. And I was like, I got such a joy and so excited. But at the same time, I knew that in this race, um, it was very, it's not an easy race. I tell you, amen. Then that's why we need to be careful with burdens because you don't want to carry heavy burdens in this race. And so, as, as I noticed that we were on the race, and I was looking like a lot of people around me that I could recognize, brothers and sisters here, that I could recognize in this race, I got real excited that I can see them again. Hallelujah. 
but I wasn't focusing so much on the brothers and sisters. I was focusing because people from all around the world were in that race that are serving Christ right now. People that are truly uh, um, pray Jesus, hallelujah, are in this race. Everyone, people from Europe in every single country, every language, hallelujah, there must have been one or two or a few more in this race, hallelujah. And it's just like the Lord's been telling to Thomas, there is not a lot of people going up in the ratchet. But the one, the, the amazing thing is that there was a group here from the Lord's Tower, hallelujah, uh, either around me, by my right hand, by my, my, my left hand, or behind me. But we were all running smoothly in this race, hallelujah. And, and, it, and it gave me such a joy, such a joy to see my brothers and sisters in this race. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And so, praise God. And but when I looked outside this race, I noticed there were people falling away, falling away into the world, things, hallelujah. And, 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 it, and it, it really, uh, I did not focus much on the one that was falling away, but the Lord wanted me to see that. There, there are a lot of people falling away now. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And, and so we, we have to, and I understood in this that it, it's, it's better for us to encourage one another than to speak negative about one another in this race, because we all run in this race. Amen. And we, and I noticed that if we encourage one another to continue running this race, it makes it a lot easier to us, hallelujah, to stay, to keep our focus on Jesus. And so I understood while running this race that as we keep our eyes on Jesus, the Lord will help us, hallelujah, will give us the strength for us to continue to run this race. And so the amazing thing about this race was that as I look forward to the end of this race, I could see the end. And I was shocked how close it was. I knew that if we would continue running at the pace that we're running now, this race will end up like in 10, 15 minutes. But that's in the spiritual realm, okay? Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So I can say in 10 or 15 minutes, the trump is going to sound for the rapture. But it's in the spiritual realm. So only God knows how much time we have in this race, hallelujah. But in, in, if it was... It was for me to say here in how, how, how much time we have for the race to end, 10 or 15 minutes, my brothers and sisters. And the spirits around, hallelujah, uh, praise Jesus, hallelujah, that could be, I don't know, days, hours, I just don't know. I don't know what to tell you, my brother or my sister. But this, that, that's how close we are. And so I'm like, I was like looking at the end of the race, and I'm like, I want to end it. I want to end it. I want to end it. And I want to run faster to end the race, hallelujah. But uh, that was not for me to know. <laughs> that was not for me to know the end. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. No man knows the end, not even the Son of God knows the end, the, the day or the hour. So it's not for me to know the day or the hour, but I want to rush to those, through those 15 minutes and just end it, end it, and enter heaven. And so I could see right there that as soon as we enter the, the, the we, I'm sorry, we end the race, we can go ahead and enter and enter heaven, praise Jesus, hallelujah, and, and claim our prize. <laughs> That's a, a way of me explaining. But we were going to get our reward from God in the moment we go into heaven. And so in this race, one of the amazing things that I told my wife that, I, that, I, that gave me a lot of joy in this race was that uh, while I was running in this race, and there was one part 
that the Lord wanted to show me, and I believe it was back into into my race, that one of the gifts the Lord gave me, and he, he picked it up and just gave it to me in the race, was my son Joshua. That was one of my gifts, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I was thanking the Lord. I was so joyful to see this gift God has given me, my son Joshua, in this race. Praise God. Because in this race, the Lord grants you uh, gifts, gifts from God. And so he's a gift from God, hallelujah. And, and and I was so joyful to receive that gift. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So many of you have received different gifts from God in your life, hallelujah, in this race, hallelujah. But it just gives you joy to see what God can do, hallelujah. Praise God. And so I, I was looking at the mansions and everything, and I could look at the love and peace of God all over heaven, Hallelujah. And I, and I was getting so, I won't say desperate, but I knew that if I were around those 50 minutes, I will end it up and that's it. I will enter heaven and not look back. Hallelujah. Because once you see the end right there in front of you, you just want to go for it. You don't want to wait or not. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. But it's on God's timing. That's what it is. It's on God's timing. Hallelujah. And so, Hallelujah. Does anyone know that the KGB that stays Jesus don't know the day or the hour? Praise Jesus. Neither the Son, it says, I believe it, neither the Son knows. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe someone can find it. And so, um, we're, we're just so close, so close, so close. Hallelujah. To be going home. And I'm so glad for the Lord. Now, listen to the conversation I have with the Lord this morning. Um, the Lord woke me up this morning, and I know it was to give my, my son Joshua milk. Sometimes he wakes up, I don't know, 4, 3, 5 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. But then I take the time after I give him the mail to, to pray before the Lord. Because I know the Lord wants me to pray. But this morning was different. The Lord was putting into my heart, and I was praying about eternity. Hallelujah. And so it came to my heart to ask the Lord how big eternity is. Amen. And, and, I, and I, I, the Lord was answering my question because not like a lot of time I will ask him a question, he will stay quiet. But this time he wanted to answer me those questions. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And so um, I asked the Lord, hallelujah, how how big compared to, to, to our planet, to earth, and all the stars in the universe, how, how big eternity is. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And I said, Lord, hallelujah, praise Jesus, hallelujah. Eternity is bigger than our galaxy. And the Lord said, yes, it is. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And so I said, Lord, so from here to the third heaven, hallelujah, praise Jesus, hallelujah, um, um, how far will that be in eternity? And, 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 and the Lord, I said, Lord, it, it will be like a walk in the park or a little bit more. Hallelujah. You can fit, I don't know how many earth in eternity, but not only that, you can fit all the planets we have in our solar system, all the planets, all the planets, all the stars, you can fit it in eternity, and it's still like nothing. You will have a mansion in eternity that your backyard is bigger than the earth. <laughs> and I was like, this, this is, this is mind-blowing. This is mind-blowing. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But, you know, I think this is things to want to know, because our, our plan is to sometime go to, go to heaven, go to eternity. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. So I was like, oh, my goodness, Lord. 
Oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. We have no idea. And, and I can refer to eternity a little bit because the Lord, in one of the dreams that I shared, that I put video online, and the Lord allowed me to run in eternity faster than the speed of light. Faster. I don't know how many times, but light could not cut up with me. I'm telling you, light could not cut up with me in eternity. Okay? And praise Jesus, hallelujah. Eternity is a planet. I was running in that planet of eternity faster than the speed of life. If, if, if you had the earth and, and, and you would have put me on that speed to run on the earth, I would have maybe run the earth in one second or one minute. Okay? And I could not get, and I was going real fast in eternity, and there was still more land to go by, I don't know, by maybe years or millions of years. I don't know. That's how big eternity is, my brothers and sisters. When people go to eternity, they are for a mind-blowing from God. God is just going to blow our mind when we get there. How big eternity is, hallelujah. And God is an eternity. If we think our galaxy and stars are big, you can put them all together and fit it maybe in a hole of eternity or in a park in eternity. <laughs> Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, there is so much we need to know about God. And so these are the things that I'm focusing on, understanding God, understanding how much we can learn so much from here. And we're still beginning. It's still the beginning. Hallelujah. But if we can ask the Lord this question, it will be great. Now, before I forget, today we are starting, hallelujah, the, the prayer and hearing the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, the voice of God in an audible way. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, from today and on, we are fasting. Excuse me, we are fasting for that. Amen. You can fast a day at least for this. I asked the Lord this morning, hallelujah, if he was still, hallelujah, a lot of his people to hear him audible, with an audible voice. And the Lord assured me that he will do this. Hallelujah. So I'm letting you know, hallelujah, that you can trust Jesus. He'll never let you down. Man will always let you down, but not the Lord Jesus Christ, because he has never let me down. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. You can trust him. You can trust him with all your heart, because he will never let you down. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So, hallelujah, start your fasting with the Lord Jesus Christ and your prayer before the Lord, so you can hear him with an audible voice like Abraham, North, and Moses heard him, how he spoke to them, and he heard him, he heard they heard God with an audible voice. Hallelujah. So um, join us in this prayer. Join us. I know that this past two weeks, a lot of people who were praying for the sermon, they, they got the sermon from God. The Lord gave them the sermon. Why? Because the Lord is faithful. And whenever he says he's going to give us something, he gives it to us. Now, we have to approach it with faith. Not without, but with faith. Praise Jesus. So I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to so when you approach the Lord in prayer, asking for to hear him with an audible voice, you repent thou, and you repent unbelief, and you also repent pride. So your prayer don't, 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 won't be a prideful prayer. Praise Jesus. Remember what Proverbs said, that the prideful God looks at them from afar. We don't want God to be looking at us from afar. We want God to be involved in our life because God, hallelujah, can help us. Hallelujah. He can do so much for us. For us, so as you approach the Lord Jesus Christ, make sure you approach Him with faith and not with doubt. Make sure that you ask with faith, 
and not with doubt. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I want to continue about the race. Job 9.25 says, God, my days raised by the, like the, a runner, they fly away without seeing any joy, says Job, in the midst of his testing. My brothers and sisters, a lot of time, because we're going through testing and trials and tribulation, our day seems to be very hard and difficult. And Job said that the, his day fly away without seeing any joy. Sometimes it seems like this to a lot of people who are going to trial and sickness and different things. Hallelujah. Their days are, are not with any joy like Job had. Amen. But you know what? God will give you whatever he has promised you. And there are a lot of promise in his word. And he is going to give you each one of them because he has made those promises to you. Hallelujah. Psalm 19.5 says, David, the son is like a groom coming out of the room where he spent his wedding night. The son is like a, like a grave runner who take the light and run in the race. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, here is something else i seen on the earth. Race aren't always won by those who run fast. Battles aren't always won by those who are strong. Wise people don't always have plenty of food. Clever people aren't always wealthy. Those who have learned a lot aren't always favored. God controls the timing of every event. He also controls how things turn out. That is for sure true. God is the one in control of the timing, especially at the rapture timing, of every single event. Nothing is going to, to go happen without God allowing it or doing it. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So we know that, hallelujah. We know that for sure. Acts twenty twenty four. but says Paul, the apostle Paul, but my life means nothing to me, says Paul. I only want to finish the race. I want to complete the work the Lord Jesus has given me. He wants me to give witness to others about the good news of God's grace. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. He is so good. We serve such a wonderful God. Hallelujah. Galatians 2.2. I went because God showed me what he wanted me to do. I told the people that they are the good news that I preach among those who aren't Jews, but I spoke in private to those who seem to be leaders Hallelujah. I was afraid that I was running or had run my, my race for nothing. So, again, he preached the gospel. God is the one who does the rest. Galatians 5, 7. You were running a good race, as Paul to the Galatians. Who caught, who caught in, in you and kept you from obeying the truth? Hallelujah. The devil was the one who did that. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight, says Paul. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is very important, my brothers and sisters. As we are running this race, we must understand we must keep our faith. Hallelujah. When the Son of Man return, says the Bible, will he find faith on the earth? That is a good question. Will he find faith, my brothers and sisters? That is after you and your relationship with the Lord, with God Almighty. It's after your relationship with him. Hallelujah. Hebrew 12.1. A huge cloud of witnesses is around us. So let us throw off everything that's standing in our way 
Let us throw away any sins that hold us to, that hold down to us so, so tightly. Let us keep on running the race marked out for us. Hallelujah. See, God has marked the race for us, which God expects each one of us to run. Hallelujah. And we must, we got to run this race. We got to finish this race that God has put before us. Hallelujah. It's not easy. Hallelujah. It's not easy to run this race. But if we, if we look unto Jesus, if we keep our eyes on him, he will help us to finish the race. He will help us to go on. He will make it easier for us. Because he knows that there's a lot of things you and I cannot do on our own. And most of it we cannot do on our own. But if we call unto him, he will help us. And he is willing to do this. Because we are his sons and daughters. And so he wants to help his sons and daughters. How I remember Jesus said, tell them that if they come to me, I will help them when he's sitting on his throne. If you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to help you. He's going to stand his hand to you, hallelujah, and give you the strength, my brother and sister, that you and I need. And we know we need this, hallelujah, because every day seems like it's much difficult. But as we get closer to the Lord, he makes it much easier. Amen. So every day requires more obedience, more submission, more of denying ourselves to, to our flesh, to our desire, to our evil desire, to sins. Every day, my brothers and sisters, we have to, hallelujah, make an effort in our part. Hallelujah. More days that goes by, we have to cry out more to the Lord. We have to pray more to him. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Because it's not that easy. If we don't call out to him, Hallelujah. We can sing. We can fall. But the Lord is saying, do it. Hallelujah. If we don't do it, it's pride. Pride is keeping us from doing it. Because if we are humble, the humble ones, hallelujah, serve. It just humble himself without a problem. And so we are being called by God to humble ourselves before him. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And so that's what God wants from each and one of us. Hallelujah. To humble ourselves before him. Because he is more than willing. Hallelujah. To help us, praise Jesus, hallelujah. I will be back after this raid, my brothers.
Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. To you we surrender, Lord. All our needs, Lord, we surrender to you. Hallelujah. This race that I've seen in the spirit, hallelujah, I could compare it to, to the uh, Marine, Marine or the Army training, hallelujah. There was some part of the training that we had to climb up, like the things that the Marines had to climb up, hallelujah, to go up to different things and come down and all that. In, some other, in, in this race, we would have to go through, through things, hallelujah, run like to, through tunnels and things, hallelujah, in the spirit. That made us it made it to us very uncomfortable, and 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 I noticed that every time some of us or, or a lot of us or on different occasion, we have to go through these tunnels and different things in the in the in the in the race. I noticed that immediately when the person went into their own tunnels in this race, they went into a testing. There was a testing prepared for them, and then they were having a little struggle with that testing. And, and as soon as they will they will keep their eyes on Jesus. And um, and they will call unto the Lord. Immediately the Lord will give them the strength, will give them the wisdom, will prepare them to continue running in the race, to continue focusing on the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and so for some reason I, I knew that the race never stopped. We just, we are always running. Hallelujah. And we're running together in a pace all together. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We're all looking forward to getting there. Everyone who is seeking Jesus in prayer who is fasting, who is seeking the Lord in holiness, who is and repenting with Jesus every day, who is staying away from sins and any contamination of the world, are in this race at, at one pace, all of us together, all of us running together, crowned, like Paul says. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But we are all going, hallelujah, through different struggle in our own race. We are all together, but somehow God puts a, puts a testing in each one each one of us life and 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 we are being tested our testing is in different days or different occasion or different part of the race hallelujah and and when we go into the testing we may not like it we when when we get into the testing we may feel different or we we feel something changes and i noticed that the people that are in the race that were running out of the race they're easy falling away from the race because they're not focusing on jesus they are focusing uh, maybe on the Word, hallelujah, and it's good to read the Word. And I tell people, the Word of God is supposed to lead you back to God, not back to any man or any leader. You are not to be looking to any man. Pastors, minister, ministers are supposed to be an example for us, or we are supposed to be an example for people. Nothing else, nothing else, my brothers and sisters. Our eye is supposed to be on Jesus, not on man. And so a lot of people make this mistake, and please listen careful to this. If you keep your eyes on men, hallelujah, you are going to fall. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We have said this for months now and years. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Hallelujah. I know you love me. I love you too. But I want to see you finish your race. I want to finish my race, and I want to see you finish in this race. Please don't put your eyes on men. You are going to fall if you do. Because men can let us down. I'm telling you, for more than 15 years, I had my eyes on a pastor. Great man of God. I never knew a man so anointing by God like this man. But he's falling into sin, into adultery, and he preferred to leave his wife 
a holy woman of God to go out with, to go away with this other woman. He abandoned the ministry. He abandoned the church. And there, there I was with my heart, my heart broken. I was heartbroken. But God used this to give me and the rest of the people a great example. Don't put your eyes on man. Put your eyes on Jesus, because men are going to make mistakes. Hallelujah. And it don't mean that they're not going to be saved, because if that man goes and repents later on, what do you think it happens? He goes home. The Lord takes him home. Hallelujah. Even in the tribulation, when people repent, the Lord will save them. God is a merciful God. We are serving a merciful God. But you can stand there with your heart broken, with all kinds of wounds in your life, and if you have not learned to forgive others, if you not learned to forgive your pastor, your ministry, your brothers and sisters in the church, you are going to find it very difficult in this, in this race, and you are going to fall away. Praise Jesus. And this is not the word of God. It's in God. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ very much. When he sees his, his sons and daughters falling away, this is not easy. For two or three years now, the Lord's been telling you, Thomas, my people are falling away. My people are falling away. The Lord spoke to me last year, and the Lord says to me, my son, hallelujah, I want to use you so I can prepare my people to go home. I want to use you in this last hour so I can prepare my people to go home, to take my people home. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use you to prepare them, my son. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And, and, you know, my, my mind, I'm, look, but you're preparing me to go home. I'm, he is seeking you. Amen. But we have to be obedient to the Lord. Amen. We have to stay in love. We have to stay in focus with Jesus Christ. I love you, but I love Jesus more. I love you, and I want to see you end this race. I want to see you end it. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. This is why we got to continue to pray for one another. we got to encourage one another with the word of God, especially like Paul says to the church in these last hours. These are dangerous times, dangerous hours. The enemy has sent his four preachers up there, his, his, his four prophet, his four teacher, his, his four minister. He has sent them with a Bible on their hand ready to deceive the nation ready to deceive God's people. And so in this last hour, what the enemy is seeking out, God's elect, the Lord Jesus Christ's elect, those are the ones the enemy is keeping his eyes on them. Hallelujah. The rest of humanity, he has them in his pocket. He has the rest of humanity in his pocket, to the club, to sin, drink, and this and that. He has them in his pocket. They are on their way to hell. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, but this is why we need to preach the gospel so they can hear the word and they can believe it and they can repent. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. We are not to judge them, but we have to pray for them. We have to teach the word. We have to preach the word, hallelujah, and ask the Lord for mercy. Mercy, hallelujah, because the Lord can do anything for anybody out there. Praise God. He is God Almighty. He has all power from the Father in heaven and in earth. He can do anything he wants. Hallelujah. And so he has raised you and I up. He has brought us this far to use us for his glory, to cleanse our life, to use us, 
Hallelujah. So other people can see Jesus Christ in our lives, can see the love of God. This is why we got to love people and not judge them. See, the world is full of a judger, a judge. There are a lot of people out there that like to judge other people. We should not be part of those people. And by, by this, I don't say, I don't say sin, is, sin is okay. I'm not saying sin is okay. We have to tell people the truth and love. There's many ways to tell the truth. But the best way is to do it in love, to do it in care, to do it in harmony, to do it in shalom and peace. It's the best way to say the truth. But when you do it in argument, when you speak in division, when you speak against your brothers and sisters while you're preaching the word, you're doing harm while you think you're doing good. Someone in Bible, they watch a ministry online. And when I put the minister online, a woman, she was offending her brothers and sisters, the bride of Christ. And then she was preaching to the lost. And I, and I said, and I looked at that, and I said, I'm going to change the channel. I'm not going to listen to this. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Because who am I to judge you? I'm supposed to love you. I'm supposed to help you. I'm supposed to encourage you, not judge you. That's the job of Satan. He's the accuser. I'm not the accuser. We're not the accuser. Satan is the one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus said pray for one another. He never said judge one another. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Love your brother. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He didn't say hate your brother or, or, or speak bad about your brother as you do it against yourself. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, we have so much to learn. And Jesus said, those that love me will keep my commandment. John uh, 14 and on. If you love me, you'll keep my commandment. So how do we show God, God, not man, how do we show God we love him? By keeping his commandment. That's how, hallelujah, not by why, not not by why how I feel. Hallelujah! Over oh, by what I think. No, it's by keeping His commandment that I'm showing God I love Him. And the same thing, when you keep the commandment, you show your neighbor you love Him because His commandment says love one another. So how do I show my neighbor? How do I show my brother? How do I show my sister I love him? By keeping the Lord's commandment, loving one another. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Not judging one another. See, it's easy to judge. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. But God says, hallelujah, that the same way you judge others, you will also be judged. And so let's not waste time judging people. Let's not waste time pointing out the sin. Hallelujah. But let's spend time loving them. Let's spend time praying for them. Let's spend time seeking God, keeping his commandment, so we can do the same thing Jesus said. What did Jesus did? He loved his disciples. He loved one another. He showed them what love was. And he said to them, as you see me love one another, so I command you to love one another. As I love you, Jesus says to them. Imagine that what an example that was. What a great example. You show them how it's to be done, and then you tell them 
Do it this way. The same way you saw me loving you, love one another. Hallelujah. What a great example. God shows us in the word how to love one another. As we were sinful, hallelujah, Jesus died for us. Because God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. So we will not perish, but we will be saved by him. What a great example. He loved us while we were still in our sin. Look at me. I was lost in sin. God loved me with a great love, with an agape love. He stand in his hand, saved me, got me out of there, and, and put me in his righteous ways. In, in his son, Jesus Christ, his righteous way. Hallelujah. What a mercy, what a love. And what am I to say about that? What am I to do about that? I got to see the example of my father. I got to see how my father loved me and cared for me. He, not, he did not abandon me in sin. But he took me out of sin through his son, Jesus Christ. He gave his only begotten son for me. What a love my father has for me. Hallelujah. What a great example we have. How Jesus gave himself for us. And then he went into the cross and, and died for me. What a love. What a care. Who else done that for me? No one but Jesus did. What a great example I have. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. What a great example. I have no excuse. Because the Father showed his love to me. Jesus showed his love to me. I have no excuse. And so are you. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. My brother, when I, when, 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 when I talk to the Lord, or when, when I hear the Lord, when the Lord reveals things to me, I learn so much from him. Hallelujah. I, I don't know anything. But the little things I learn, I learn from him. And I marvel. I'm, I'm like, wow. What a teacher we have. What a great teacher. And we're so concerned about learning from other men, this, this, and that. I mean, it's not wrong. It's not wrong to learn from other, from other brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. But when you learn from the Lord, hallelujah. You learn right. You just learn what you need to learn. And what a blessing that is. What a blessing when you learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why we say you need a rabbi. You need a rabbi today. You need rabbi Jesus. Rabbi, boy, rabbi means teacher. You need a teacher in your life. And you need him every day. You need him to teach you every day. When you get up in the morning, in the morning says, Lord, teach me. Rabbi Jesus, teach me. I want to learn from you. You are my rabbi. Tell him he is your rabbi. Talk to him in love. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Say, Lord, I don't know anyone that can teach me better than you. I don't know anyone that can reveal your word to me better than you. Talk to him this way and watch how he responds to you. Hallelujah. Someone said earlier, hallelujah, as we prayed for God to speak to us in an audible voice, hallelujah, if God speaks to you after this week in prayer or during this week in prayer in your dream in an audible voice, that still count. That still count. Because you're asking him to speak to you in an audible voice. If he speaks to you in a vision and out of a voice, he speaks to you in a dream and an audible voice, that is God speaking to you in an audible voice. Praise Jesus. He may choose to speak to you through a dream. However, God chooses to speak to you in and out of a voice. He is welcome. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. God is so good. He is so wonderful, hallelujah. We can learn so much from him, hallelujah. There is so much we need to learn. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, because he is good, and he's always going to teach us the right thing, the things that we need to learn. Praise God, because a lot of times when we learn from men, what happens, hallelujah, we learn wrong. Hallelujah. And God don't want us to learn wrong. Hallelujah. God wants us to learn, hallelujah, praise Jesus, hallelujah, the right way, the right way. His word, his revelation, he can reveal his word to us in a mighty, mighty way, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. We can truly do that. He can truly do it to our life. As we, hallelujah, praise God, yes, there, there are people being used by the devil that are coming on to attack us, hallelujah, or to attack me, the messenger, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, but I'm only a messenger. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But they want to kill the messenger, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. He is so wonderful, hallelujah. Praise God. And we serve such a wonderful, wonderful God. But we have to put a total trust on him. You see, when when we serve God, a lot of time, we don't give God our whole heart. We, we say we do a lot of time, but sometimes we don't. And the way we find out is when we seek him in a, personal, in a personal relationship. When you seek the Lord, hallelujah, in a personal relationship, he will reveal himself to you. In a way that you can understand, he may not reveal to you, okay, the same way he reveals to me or to someone else. But he will reveal himself to you in, in the way that God knows you can understand him. And so a lot of people hear God differently. God approached them differently because God made us unique. We are all unique. We are all different. Hallelujah. But this is the way God chooses to deal with us. But what a blessing that is anyway. When we, hallelujah, decide, when we say, I'm going to be obedient to you, Lord. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. And so when we seek the Lord this way, Praise Jesus, hallelujah. He will teach us. He will, he will uh, hallelujah, give us the knowledge and wisdom we need to continue to go on in our daily life. There is so much we can learn. There is so much we can grow in God. Hallelujah. This race is not easy because in the moment you, 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 you move your eyes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And, I mean, you can go to Hebrews 12.1. Go to Hebrews 12.1. Hallelujah. And read what it says there, to keep our eyes on him. Praise God, hallelujah. Now, look what it says here in Psalm 91, verse 14. The Lord says, God says, I will save the one who loves me. I will save the one who loves me. I will keep him safe because he trusts in me. He will call out to me and I will answer him. I will be with him in time of trouble I will save him and honor him. I will give him a long and full life, and I will save him. Now, how does this start? How God starts speaking here, hallelujah, you got to pay close attention how God starts speaking. Because always what God tells you at first to do, hallelujah, the number one thing the Lord tells you to do, that's what he expects you to do. That's what he recommends you to do. He says, the Lord says, I will save the one who loves me. 
what is God's requiring here from you and I? To love him. That's what he's saying here. Psalm 91, verse 14. Hallelujah. The King James may say a little differently, but it's still saying the same thing. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I will save the one who loves me, says God. He continued, I will keep and save. So in the moment you follow in love with the Lord, Jesus Christ, in the moment you love him, in the moment you, in the moment you pursue this love, the Lord says, I will keep him. He will protect you. Second, he, he will keep you safe because he trusts in me. You see, when you love God and you go and you surrender to God because you are trusting in him, what did God say he will do? He will call out to me and I will answer him. Prayer. Prayer. Now God says in Psalm 91 verse 15, he will call out to me and I will answer him. Whenever you go into prayer with God, God will hear you. Why? Because you love him. Follow in love with Jesus. Tell Jesus every day you love him. Hallelujah. If you haven't started this, start this today. Tell Jesus you love him. Follow in love with him. Hallelujah. Just follow in love with him. Praise Jesus. And watch how your life changes. Watch how your walk with God changes. And you will go into a higher level in God. Hallelujah. It's very different. Hallelujah. You see, when you are a believer, a religious person, you see, you may heard of, you like Joe, before he went through all these testing, you probably heard about him. People must have probably told you about God. You probably went to different churches, different religion. You went to probably to the Mormons religion. You went to the Catholic religion. You went to the, to the many, many religions, hallelujah, up there. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. That they probably thought about the Lord. They probably thought about God, that Hebrew God, that Hebrew Jesus, that Hebrew Yeshua. Hallelujah. But you see, you were only a believer of him. Or you, many of you that are listening to me, you maybe are a believer of Christ, but you may are missing the foundation of this Christianity walk, of this relationship with God, your relationship with Christ. It's missing. Just being a believer don't cut it anymore. Because you can fall easier from grace. Because you're not having your eyes on him. You understand? You're not having that personal relationship that, ke that keeps you close to God. Sister, I, I, I praise God for that uh, healing the Lord did in your life. Thank you for sharing that. that. Healing, hallelujah, that God that in your life, hallelujah. That is, that is so wonderful. See, we serve a God that heals us. God has promised in his word he will heal us. Thank you for sharing testimony, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And so, it, I will be with him, says the Lord, in times of trouble. Boy, do we go through trouble. Boy, do we go through it. And we need the Lord to be in there with us in the times of trouble. We need Christ. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. We need God to be involved in our trouble. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he can bring you out. You, can, you and I can easily go into trouble, but God can easily take, take us out of there. Hallelujah.
More, he says, I will save him and honor him. We need to be saved by him, and we need to be honored by God. We need to be honored by God. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, we truly do. We truly need to be honored by God, my brothers and sisters. He says that he will honor us. So follow in love of Christ. Don't wait. Don't wait. Verse 16 of Psalm 91. I will give him a long and full life, and I will save him. Boy, God is very serious about saving, because he keeps on saying it. I will save him. You can be sure I will save him. Boy, do we have a promise in God. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And guess what? Man can promise a lot of things, and he may accomplish one or two, hallelujah or none. But God can accomplish them all because God is faithful. And he said, I will give him a long, full life. Boy, how many people are in so much pain and trouble right now, and they are not enjoying their life? You need to love Jesus. You need to be in a loving relationship with your Savior, your Rabbi, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that cannot wait. The longer you put it off, the longer you are missing and something great, and the greater things you and I can have in our life. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. We need Christ. We need him in our life more than ever. Hallelujah. Don't miss going in this relationship with the Lord. Just don't miss it. Hallelujah. Go in it. Enjoy it. Learn from him. Listen to him. He's a rabbi. He can teach you a lot. You can learn a lot from him. And there's so much to learn from God. Hallelujah. So much, so much. Hallelujah. Proverbs 1.8. My son, listen to your father's advice, says God. Don't turn away from your mother's teaching. When they teach you, it will be like a beautiful crown on your head. It will be like a chain and decorated on your neck. My son, if sinners tempt you, don't give in to them. You know, when these people come in the Lord's Tower in the chat room, tempting us, calling us liar, calling us this, we have to uh, um, not really listen to them. We cannot listen to them. Praise God, hallelujah. Because we know the devil is sending them to try to disturb the service, try to disturb the message. Praise God. But our eyes, our eyes has to be on Jesus Christ. We have to stay focused on him. This race, my brothers and sisters, is almost over. I mean, I wish the Lord would have let me last night finish it, and that's it. Let me enter heaven. But that's not the way. We have to go into this trumpet sound altogether. We, this is the way it has to be. God has his timing, hallelujah. And we have to thank you, uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Amy. Great, thank you. Thank you, Shalom. Thank you, Wolinski, hallelujah. I thank you, my, my, my sister, hallelujah, my brother, for, for hallelujah, being so caring, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And so we are in this race together. And so we have to encourage one another. We have to be there for one another. Praise God. I know we are divided by distance, but hallelujah, prayer, hallelujah, has no distance. You can pray for someone, don't matter where, from one corner of the earth to another. God hears, God answers, and God helps that person. And so we always have to remember that prayer has no distance. 
Because God is no distant for God. God can do anything. Everything is possible with Jesus Christ. So we have to remain in our faith. Praise Jesus. We have to remain in unity. And so the, Lord, the devil wants to divide us. So what do we do? We seek unity more and more. We remain in it. We don't let anything move us from, from our belief, from how, like, like Paul says to the churches. Long, don't let any other teaching move you, hallelujah, from the teaching you have learned. And so we stay focused on Jesus. See, the good thing here is no one here is serving me. Everyone is serving Christ. We are all serving Christ. We are all seeking Christ. So this makes it very easy. We all have one common faith, one common focus. We all have one common Savior, one common Christ, one common God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it makes it easier for us because we know whom we believe, we know whom we are focused on, and we know whom we are following, Jesus. Praise God, hallelujah. No one here is being brainwashed. Hallelujah. No one here is believing a different religion, but we are believing the Bible. We all have a Bible on our hand. And this is why I tell people, when you, when you speak to someone, tell them, like I said to the Arab friend, I said, I'm going to share this with you, this word. And when I, say that, when, I, when I said to him, hallelujah, Jesus said that no one comes to the Father except by him in John 14, 6. He looked at me, and, and he thought about saying to me, I know what he was thinking. Oh, that's your Christian belief. And, and when I said to him, Jesus said this, well, hallelujah, it makes him think. Because here, I'm here from South America. I'm not a Jewish in the flesh, let's say. And so um, for me to say that Jesus is my, is, my, is my rabbi, hallelujah, it has to be a thing of relationship and faith because I'm not born in Jerusalem. I'm born here in South America. And so I'm very fearful. He's, he's born in the Middle East. So he, if, if I was Jewish, he could say, of course you have to say that because you're from Jerusalem. To me, he cannot say that. He cannot say that to me because I'm born in South America. I have even Indian blood on me. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So I'm very fearful from the Jewish people in a way very close, but in a way very far. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But for him to say to me, Hallelujah. That's, that's your God because of your own parents. It's very difficult for him to say that, hallelujah, because Indians have their own gods. Hallelujah. The Indians that I come from, from South America, have their own gods. And so how was I led to believing in, in the true God, in the real God? Hallelujah. If it wasn't by his own calling into my life. Hallelujah. And he called me right from South America, right from there, and brought me here. He said he would brought me here. He would bring me, bring me here, and he did. He made a promise to me. He called me when I didn't even know him. Hallelujah. I was just a child, 11 years old when he called me. What, what did I know about God? But he knew me before I knew him. And so it was his calling in my life. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And everyone here had a calling from God. That's why you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you have a relationship with him. Because you were called by God when you didn't know him. But God revealed himself to your life in the way he chose to. However he chose to reveal himself to you, he did. Because before you knew Christ, 
You and I were in sin. We thought we were enjoying our life, our lives, <coughs> excuse me, but now we were slaves of sin. We were enslaved by sin. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. But God had a purpose in our life. God had a calling. God has chosen us before this world was. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So it's very different from someone saying, well, because your parents believe in God and this, 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 and that. And I do come from a generation of Christian through my father's side, but not through my mother's side. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So it tells you very clear that God had a calling on my life, but it was God doing. It was not my doing. I just simply obey him. I just simply listen to what he had to say. Hallelujah. No one told me, hallelujah, no one told me about God, but God revealed himself to my life. And because he came, he showed me that himself that he was true, then he that he's the real God. He, when God came to me, he says, I am the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of, and, 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 and God of uh, uh, Isaac, and Jacob. And, you know, he identified himself to me like he identified himself to Moses. And at that time, I did not know about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I did not know. I did not know the word. I was 11 years old. My thought was going to school and playing. I was playing. I was in school. I was playing baseball. I was playing with my friend. I would go fishing. I would go there. I had no time to, to, to read the Bible. I was so busy in my life. I said, yeah. Hallelujah. And most of my family were very Catholic. That's it. But God revealed himself to me by his mercy and love. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. In this, he started a fire in me, like he started in Jeremiah. But when he re revealed himself to me, he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, 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 and when he was speaking to me, when I heard his voice, I knew that everything he was saying was true. Because in my spirit, I can feel me becoming alive as he, as he was speaking. Before him, I had no life. When he came to me, I had life. Life came into me. I felt great. I felt free. I felt released. Hallelujah. Now I had a new son in my heart, in my spirit. I had hope. You know what it is not to go 11 years of your life without any hope? A child 11 years where already were all wounded, wounded and all, all kinds of things in his heart. Because my father died when I was six to seven years old. Hallelujah. I had no father. My mother was too busy working. She had no time for me. So I was growing up by myself. I was wounded. I was hurt. N never a gift on my birthday. Nothing like that. Praise Jesus. And God comes to me. Tells me he loves me. He cares for me. I, I melted. Tell you the truth. I melted. I wanted that. Hallelujah. Where do I find more of that? I wanted more. I wanted more of that. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm, to, the, to this hour, to this minute, I want more. I want more. I cry like a baby inside me. I want more of him. Hallelujah. I cannot have enough. I cannot have enough of God. I want more of God. Hallelujah. I feel I'm not satisfied yet. When I get to eternity, when I'm near my Father, and I'm spending eternity there with Him, maybe I can say, now I have enough. Now I am where I belong. Now I am where I want to be. But to this moment, I still want more. I still desire more. Hallelujah. 
I feel so joyful when I'm in the presence of God, but I feel so sad when I'm out of there. When I'm not in dead, when I seen heaven last night this morning, when my eyes were opened by the Lord and I saw heaven, I was like a little child jumping up and down. I wanted to get out of that race and I wanted to run to heaven. Hallelujah. And enter that city, enter that glorious city. I could see the, the, the presence of God there, the love of God there. I could see the peace of God there. Everything I needed in that city, I want it. I want it. I want it. <coughs> Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. That's what I want. I want it. Praise the Lord. You think I want to be in this world being insulted by people? I want to be in that city. Hallelujah. Praise God to all the things we go through, hallelujah. You think I want to be down here. No, I want to be with my father up in heaven. I want to be near his throne. I want to be standing there listening to my father's teaching. I want to learn from him. I want to be full of his glory. I want to be full of his presence. I want to be full of his water when I, where I never thirst anymore. Hallelujah. I want his fire, his light, his power to go through me every day, every morning. I want to be there, just there, when there's no night, where there's only day and day and day for all eternity. Hallelujah. You see, our relationship with God don't stop when we die. It continues, <clears throat> and it gets even better. Because your flesh right here, down here is always tempting you. To do to sin. But when you're out of this body and you're up in your father's throne and your father's heaven, there is no more thought of sinning up there. There is only holy. You cannot sin up there. That's one of the parts that I love being close to my father. You cannot sin up there. And you don't want to sin. You don't even you don't even want to try that anymore. You, you will know how much I will hurt the Father. So you don't want to do that anymore. You just want to be holy for him. You just want to love him. Because you know he has always loved you. How do we repay back to God the love he's been given us? By loving him back. The only way you and I can give back to God something, something. <clears throat> because everything belongs to him anyway. The only way, my sister, my brother that are listening to me, you can give God, the Lord, Jesus Christ, something back to him is by loving him back. It's the only thing you can give to him. It's your heart. It's your life. It's your love. Tell him how much you love him. Because you can never love him more than what he loves you. Never. You can spend eternity loving God, and you will never get near how much he loves you. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Never. He loves you beyond, beyond our understanding. Beyond. And, he, and by, by giving his son to die for you on the cross, he showed you and I. That his love has no limit. No limit if you repent. No limit if you run to him. <coughs> Hallelujah. None. 
See, nothing. Hallelujah. Let me go into the word. Hallelujah. The word says that I live in a lot better than I can. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. He is so good. We serve such a wonderful God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What can separate us from his love? Paul says in, in, in Roman 8, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. He appointed them to be saved in keeping with his purpose. God planned that those who have chosen, that he has chosen, will come like his son. In that way, Christ will be like the first and most honor among the brethren. Hallelujah. Verse 35, who can separate us from Christ's love? Who or what? Hallelujah. Can trouble or hard time or harm or hunger, can, or, can nakedness or dangerous or word or, that is, it is written, because of you we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be killed. Paul says in verse 35, I mean absolutely sure not, that not even death, no life, can separate us from God's loves, not even angel or demon. Excuse me. The presence of the future. Boy, and people are very worried about the future. They're very concerned about the future. They cannot sleep just thinking about the future. My goodness. What's going to happen to me and my children? Let me tell you, if you love God, if you are serving God, the future cannot separate you from his love. It cannot. Hallelujah. The presence of the future or any power can do that. Cannot, cannot, cannot. Hallelujah. Not even the highest places or the lowest, anything else in all creation can do that. Nothing, hallelujah, at all can ever separate us from God's love because of what Christ our Lord has done. Jesus said it is done. He did it, my brothers and sisters. That's it. That's it. Nothing needs to be done. All we need to do is repent and, excuse me, seek him and obedient. Just seek him and obedient. Because God, hallelujah, will make sure you are kept and safe, like he says in Psalm 91. He will make sure, hallelujah, he will keep you protected. He will keep you safe. You are in a safe place in God if you trust him, if you love him, if you seek him. But follow in love with him. Love him back. Love him back. Hallelujah. And let him too love you. <clears throat> Don't question his love. Do not question it. But ask God to reveal his love to your life. Ask the Lord to bring you the reality of God lost into your life. If you don't understand it. Let me tell you, if you pray this prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in your life will bring the reality of God's love into you. Oh, let me tell you, it will be a pleasure. It's a pleasure of God to reveal his love to you if you ask him to. If you ask him to reveal his love to your life. If you feel like you need more of his love, ask him for more. Don't just long for it, but ask him for more. Ask him to fill your heart with his love. 
Let me tell you one nine last year. I remember I was driving back from work. It was like around eleven thirty at night PM. Driving in my van back to home, hallelujah. I remember talking to the Holy Spirit and I said, Holy Spirit, will you bring the rea- the reality of God's love into my heart? Will you show me the love of God, Holy Spirit? Oh, my goodness, it was like a Niagara Fall coming down to my life. It was like water pouring down with a strong current of water just coming into my life. The love of God, I could not contain such a love. It was so big. It was so huge. It was so strong. It was so big. I felt, hallelujah, sucked into the love. I felt like I was melting into the love. Hallelujah, all kinds of things was happening to me. Hallelujah, what a great love God for us. We can never understand his love. His love is so supreme. Hallelujah, it is just so supreme. All that love was being poured out into my life, into my heart. Hallelujah, I had no word. I was worshiping God in the spirit. My spirit, hallelujah, he went all out worshiping God. Hallelujah, he was thanking God. He was adoring God. He was doing, he was just praising God. In a high, high dimension, hallelujah. I never had such an experience like that. Oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, hallelujah. There's so much more, God, that we don't understand, that we don't know. We just don't know. That's why the Bible refers to our little children. We are little children. We know so little. We know so little, hallelujah. Praise God. But God wants us to learn more, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, to learn more, hallelujah. I got someone on the line, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Sister, you there? Hello? A brother, uh, who am I speaking with? This is uh, Ronaldo. Um, are you talking to me? Yes, how you doing, Ronaldo? Oh, I'm doing good, you know. Um, you know, thank God for, I always say this, thank God for, for this, for what he did. All of us, you know, the vision that he gave you that he built this church that we're we're sustained by his hand, and um, the reason why I said uh, I don't want people to misinterpret me when I when I said about the Pharisee and the scribe, you know, I just want to reassure that uh, I just want to make sure that people do not. Sometimes the devil does things to us that he makes us get disgusted at people, you know, or not like people, mm. and. As a, a, a brother, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, that's not the the, the attack that the devil was giving some people. And I, mm. I thank God for this church, you know. I've been seeking God for a long time, mm. since the age of um, 21. And I've been lukewarm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how to, uh, uh, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how Jesus could redeem me. And um, through the Lord's hour, he did. You know, it's just like a lot of people. He came to my room. He started praying for me. I started crying very hard. And the things that was hard for me to leave, the sins that I was comfortable with, he took them away, you know, and uh, yesterday. You still, you still repenting, Renata, to the Lord? Yes, um, I'm still repenting, and thank God for that prayer, too, the repentance prayer. I say it all the time, Amen. even when I'm... Even when I'm awake walking, I say the, the repentance prayer and uh, and the pride prayer. Oh, that that one is is so glorious, you know. And there was one time I Amen. saw the, the back of God. One time I, I saw 
the back of God back in like nineteen years ago, like the same thing he did to Moses. He he put on this mountain. He said he was going to show me his back because mm. I couldn't see his face because I would surely die. And I thought mm. that I was so special because the, the devil lied to me. I thought that I was so special because he mm. he I got the privilege to see the back of God. And then when I hear people like you, Mary Kay Baxter, Shoot Thomas, and so many other people that see God face to face when you talk to him, I mean, that is, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to do, you know. And I know that God is making, um, just like just like you said in Deuteronomy, when you obey my teachings, I make you the head, not the tail, you know. So it's not mm-hmm. about, I'm not lusting after power because... This world is this world is corrupted already mm-hmm. by power, the loss of power. But I, God woke me up, just like a lot of people in this church. He woke me up and he helped me realize, Ray, you was blind, you was wretched, and you was lost, and you thought you was close to me, because I was always talking to people about him. But in my actions, I may do some things or think some things that were not, you know, that were that were sinful. So I am so so happy about this and. I really am going to unite by faith with the other people that want to hear and see God because, Alvi, you know this, you know? You know that there is such a difference when you see God face to face than when you hear Amen. about him. Jesus told the the, the Samaritan lady or that uh, was um, one to drink water, she said, mm-hmm. you people worship the God that you don't know. I worship the God that I know and see, you know? Amen. Like he Amen. he let her know the big difference. And notice mm-hmm. the people that have an encounter with God, their anointing gets much stronger, and He's with you much more, much more because of the blessed visitation. You know. Mm. Amen. That, that's that's what I mean. And Renato, let me so tell you something. The Lord wants wants to reveal Himself to all His children. Amen. Amen. Of course. Uh, I don't want to make it personal. That's what I said. Everybody else who believes and who has this hunger, let's believe and let the glory of God come to us. And it's just like this man prophesied. Um, LV, I sent you a lot of information. I sent you the information about Dr. Dwar, the reptiles, a long time ago. I sent you a whole list of information. And I did it because I know you speak to God and God will confirm to you whether it's true or false. And Mm. I'm glad I did that because a lot of Mm. things that God spoke to me, letting me know that it's happening in this world, he confirmed mm-hmm. by you that it's true. And the reason why I believe it's true is because God changed my life through mm-hmm. using you. You know? So uh glory to God. Well glory to God. Amen. Praise God. He he is he is um Renato uh, revealing himself to a lot of people. And one thing a sister was saying to me, Brother Elvi, when we when we started the Lord Tower and she never heard nothing like this about the Lord and immediately the Lord went and revealed her, himself to her, and she was blown away that she was looking at the Lord, like, wow. And she just heard my brother Larry and I and believed, and immediately she had that, that revelation from the Lord. She just went seeking him. And so <clears throat> this is why we tell everyone here, and we have a lot of people who are having this experience with God, and so we want to continue to encourage the people of God to seek the Lord in a personal way, and believe that he is real, believe that God is real, that he, God is actually more real than we are. How oh. do I know that? Because oh, God yeah. created the us. Creator. Amen. He created us. He's the creator. So, you know, the only thing is that God is a spirit. 
But God can right. take any form. See, when I was invited in a show there, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a very famous show. One of the things they asked me, have you seen the Father? I say yes, and the Lord, and I say yes, and all that. And some people usually want you to describe him to, to them and all that. Hallelujah. But what, when, yeah. when I say that, I also say God can, re, as he has revealed himself to me, he can do it to you. He wants exactly. to do it to you. He wants and to. And you know, what I remember, because I have awful memory, but the Holy Spirit helps me remember the things that I should remember. And I remember that Jesus tells you to pray more than four or five or six hours to him. And uh, that's mm-hmm. that. That's where when his glory comes, I want to get to that level and God give him the power to pray that much until he comes. You know, that I know there's times that you pray and then he appears, you know? Amen. I'm pretty sure. So uh, I'm, I'm just excited. And thank you. Amen. And I also did have a, I did have a bad experience about uh, uh, somebody that I trusted in, the baptized by, by Blazing Fire Church, um, Kim. I went to that church. He he's he's from Korea, and I get. I lost you there, brother. Hello, right now you there? Praise God, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. I guess he lost the call. Praise Jesus. Yes, God can reveal Himself to anyone, and so if we believe, Hallelujah, in our relationship with Him, He can come and reveal Himself to us. All God wants us is to believe Him. To trust him, to understand that God, hallelujah, it, 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 he's not going to judge anyone just because they're approaching him, but he loves everyone, and he wants to reveal himself to everyone. He says this to the disciple, hallelujah, praise God. And I believe it's in, praise Jesus, hallelujah. I'm looking it up right now, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look, Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things are delivered unto me by my Father, Jesus said. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father uh, save the Son, and he unto whoever he will reveal him. Hallelujah. Whosoever he revealed the Son, he will reveal it. So Jesus is saying here, hallelujah. Let me look it up in the international Bible, hallelujah. The, the King James, again, a lot of people like the King James, but it's just the, the wording, hallelujah. Praise God. It's hard to explain it as you explain it. Hallelujah. Now, the Father has given all things to me, Jesus said. The Father is the only one who knows the Son. And the only one who knows who knows the Father are the Son and those whom the Son chooses to uh, make him know. In another word, Jesus can reveal the Father to you. This is what I got from this. And so I believe that. And it's also if you believe it, he will, Jesus can reveal God to you. He can reveal Yahweh to you if you ask him in prayer. Hallelujah. Remember that everything is possible with God. You, you can believe God and don't limit God in your life. Don't just limit him. God is unlimited. And so if you believe him, Hallelujah. He will show you more, hallelujah, than what you're, what you're confessing, what you're believing. Always, because God is so true. Hallelujah. And he will always, hallelujah, give us more, more than what we, can, what, what we think we were going to receive. Because he wants to, he loves us. He don't want us to walk in doubt. But he does want us to walk in faith. Hallelujah. Because faith is what pleases God. 
I will be got back. Thank you. 